0: You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 119. Subscribe to us and leave us a review on your favorite place, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, using your favorite podcast app. And you can go to the website,
1: codingblocks.net, where you can find show notes, examples, discussion, and a whole lot more. Send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net. Follow us on Twitter at codingblocks or head to www.codingblocks.net. And find all our amazing social links at the top of the page. And with that, I'm Alan Underwood. I'm Joe Zach.
0: And I'm Michael Outlaw. This episode is sponsored by educative.io. Level up your coding skills quickly and efficiently, whether you're just starting, preparing for an interview, or just looking to grow your skill set. And Datadog, the monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications, allowing you to see inside any stack, any app, at any scale,
2: anywhere. All right, and it's time to talk about our developer shopping spree again. It's that time of year. So um without further ado, let's get into the news.
0: Yep, so uh from iTunes, we have our works in one eighty one, harbinger 2009 ar dove and pork nubbins that's awesome
1: uh, and then from stitcher we also have spartan fan dmd and a huge thank you to all those who take the, who took the time to go up there and write us a review we truly do appreciate it and even mentioned it in the uh we got a bunch of thanks over in the slack channel um today yesterday sometime in in our episode discussion channel and you know again seriously huge thanks we do appreciate it and it it truly does motivate us it, it helps us you know buckle down read a bunch do a lot of research and do this stuff so so thank you for all that took the time to do that so in other words what you just said was thank you it makes us work <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing like a good old pat on the back to make you go back and do more of it yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I also, you have
0: some weird motivation there, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm actually mo- much more motivated by the negative. So, uh,
2: it's just funny. Whoa. Keep letting me know what I mess up wow. on. I appreciate it. I especially, uh, enjoy getting a lot of texts and messages from people letting me know that outlaw was right last episode. So appreciate that. <laughs> you know- that's super great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, funny oh, thing gosh. is I got a lot of those saying uh, they were with me and that they were on the fence. So I don't know. I, I think people are citing, they, they just like to kick you in the shins, Joe.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, um, I think it was, uh, it was really good. I, all the feedback was really good and really enjoyed hearing it. And, uh, it was fun just kind of hashing it out. And so we hope you enjoyed it too. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And then one last little bit for the news is I've started a. What I, yeah, yeah, I've I've started a podcast. (laughs) So basically I, I've been thinking about it for a while is creating like a series of videos on YouTube. that are going to be like tips, like hopefully faster. This first one wasn't quite as quick as I wanted to do. It was like 20 minutes, but I think there was a lot of meat in there. So, you know, we'll have a link in the show notes here. Go check it out. This is basically how and why you might want to do SQL server in a Docker container. And then some, a bunch of tips along the way, right? Like just things that randomly came up as I was doing it, that, that hopefully will help you in your day-to-day development life.
0: All right. Well, before we get started, let's do a joke. First. We say? Let's do that. we got a few jokes here. Uh, That Arlene happened to share with us. What's up, Arlene? So, what do you get if you divide the circumference of a pumpkin by its diameter? Pumpkin pie
2: oh gosh (laughs) that's
1: awesome
2: i'm only counting on my fingers over here like radius uh
0: times two (laughs) there's two radiuses in there i think all right well let's get into it so uh with this episode we're going to be doing our shopping spree uh like we typically do around this time of year so uh you know you'll find a bunch of things in in the show notes for this a bunch of products and a bunch of links and just heads up, these are gonna be affiliate links. So, uh, you know, know that if you click those, uh, you are helping us out, but you know, I want to make it, obviously I want to make you know call it out and make you aware that like hey you know it is an affiliate link in case if you're opposed to it for some reason
1: and and a heads up by saying that it's an affiliate link in no way are you getting charged any more for it it's just that yeah if you click it we'll get a few pennies on it and then you know we'll buy somebody a beer in the future is basically what it boils down to so
0: yeah and and also different from past years <clears throat> you know in past years we've kind of done this this type of episode as like oh here's the the drool worthy gear that i want to buy or um uh you know that I, that i would like to buy or things like that but you know because you clicked on the things that we did last year <laughs> you know this year we were able to buy some things yep. so these are the things that we we actually uh did buy most so, of most of them Oh, I, I, somebody cheated.
1: I might have broke the rules because that's what I do. You know, he
0: does it every time. It's, uh, hey, it's tip of the week, man. I don't Single, think you Not underst- 30. I don't think you understand. I have 30 tips of the week. I'm not a rule follower.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> by, get it now. By any
0: stretch. <laughs> you know, yeah. all you California motorcycle types. That's
1: right. That's right. We break the law. That's what we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So, um... With the uh you know, allotted budget this year, I decided to build a new rig. Wait, wait, wait. We gotta oh. tell what
1: the budget is, right? Like so last year, what was it, twenty five hundred, I think is what we had said? Uh
0: no, I think it was more than that, wasn't it? Like well, was it thirty
1: five hundred?
0: No, I think I think last year when we did the shopping spree, it was a three thousand dollar uh budget. Was if it? I remember correctly, I thought. I'm was going it not? to look it up. I'm still but you still continue
1: on. with what you we're all
0: searching now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how it works, right? Uh, who's I, fastest? I don't even uh, remember. I mean, I'm looking at the episode sorry. now, but it, uh, I thought
1: it said it at the top. Did it not? No.
0: No. And and it it's not totaled up. We just had uh, you know, I mean, obviously Joe's cheese dust that that right <laughs> there is like twenty five hundred dollars alone. So there's no way. How long ago was that particular episode? Was that like 3 or 4 years ago? I'm pretty sure that was the 2017. That uh, one was shopping amazing. Spree. All right, so apparently cuz the 2017 shopping spree was $2500 by the way. Okay,
1: so yeah, I think we were like at 3000. All right, so yeah. that's that's what our budget was for this one, right? It was $3000 and I'm going to break that because that's what I do, but that that was kind of what we were going for.
0: And and for the record, uh the craft che- cheddar cheese powder was uh, episode, or was from 2017. So it was the episode 70, you know, version of the shopping spree episode. That's amazing. <clears throat> so, okay. So, so we, we said ourselves, you know, Hey, l- give a $3,000 budget, you know, what, what can be done with that? Right. So, uh, give me a minute here and we'll start one by one. So, um, let's start with the boring stuff first, like the case. Right. Let me find the link here for the case, and I will paste this in so that Joe and Alan can follow along. Did you say that yours was a rig build? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I said build, and I don't know if I clarified it any more than that, but yeah. Um, yeah, this was a custom build that I did. So we start with the case that I ended up with, which is the Corsair Crystal 570X RGB mid-tower case. So, not a small one, but it's pretty. I like it a lot. So this case,, uh, if you've never seen it, is glass on all sides, except for the very back and the bottom. Those' are the only two sides that aren't glass. Everything else is see-through. Um, so, you know it is a little bit bigger than what I wanted Now, I- I'm gonna give a, you know, another link here. uh let's see. Copy that guy, because this was actually my first choice for cases, Um, and this is the Fractal Designs Meshify-C compact mid-tower computer case.
1: Hey, so I feel better already, because you cheated too. You didn't buy this one, but it's in your shopping
0: list, so we're all good. I'm including <laughs> this one as an honorable mention, because I did buy it, and oh. I had to return it. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right, I remember. Yeah, don't, don't, don't say why. I won't, yet, I won't spoil it, yes. Um, I had to return this case, but the fractal design was, it is the, just the build quality of the case itself was amazing Every I loved everything about it. It was so smart, the layout, the way everything they thought about, like, it was just, just such a beautiful case. But unfortunately it was too, it turned out to be too small for my needs. Even though like when I was reading the description, everything, like everything was like, you know, you know, said it was going to be fine when I was looking at the documentation and whatnot. But then when I actually got it, it turned out, no, it, it, it really, uh, didn't, you know, meet my needs. So I had, I had to pick an alternative and that's where I, that's why I ended up with the Corsair crystal Five Hundred and Seventy X. Now that one, you know, it's, it's considerable price difference between the two. The Corsair is like double the price. Cause you know, you're, it's bigger and you're paying for all that glass and it comes with, uh, three RGB fans in it. But it, you know, the only thing that I don't like about it is that it does have like, like, um, unsealed edges. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But aside from that, you know, that's everything else I like about the computer. So a little bit of
1: dust dust can creep in.
0: Yeah, but can it really, though? Because, I mean, really, the dust is going to be drawn in by the fans. Right. So it's not going to come in from some random place on the side. You hope not, yeah. Yeah, I got
2: some you know. some cats and some dogs, and there can be some random stuff that gets on anything. And <laughs> well, it, there's okay. no
0: size limit. You can get a tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> point point taken. Um but at any rate, so so that's the case that I went with. And and I'm still happy with the case. Don't get me wrong. I just it it was just I was a little bit heartbroken when I had to switch from the from the fractal because that was my first choice and it was such a nice case. All right. So then, hmm, how do we want to do the build? Should I build up from there and be like, you know, what the next component be you'd put in? Maybe you how just, about you do whatever? Stay your heart boring. Desires. Let's stay boring, and my heart desires that we cover the power supply that I chose. So this is the uh, you're going to notice a the theme here. This is the Corsair RMX White Series. Uh, RM750X. And I should mention, too, by the way, that that, uh, that Crystal 570X case that I chose was also white. So all of the inside of it is white, and then you have glass on it. So that's why this power supply is white. You're going to notice the theme, like I said. Um, so, oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't even mention any prices. Do we want to mention the prices for those? Yeah, sure. Like the that fractal design yeah. case. Was um I mean it's currently like eighty nine dollars like ninety dollars let's call it right uh, versus that that Corsair five seventy case is currently like one ninety yeah so so it's a it's a bit more just a bit, No, that fractal
2: case has the coolest grill of any case I've ever seen
0: it is pretty right? isn't it is yeah. doesn't it it's yeah. such a nice case you mentioned. You mentioned wanting a new case earlier, and that's why I was like, "Oh, I got something for you." Hey,
1: but you—you want to know the thing that you glossed over that I think you're doing a disservice on is oh. when you got the case, it was short by like two millimeters.
0: It yeah, was, it we're was gonna get like to that. <laughs> okay. we're going—we're getting to that <laughs>
1: because I thought you just completely glossed over it, and I was like, "Man, I remember the pain that that caused you." Because you're like, "Dude,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> it literally was two millimeters." Too small. Like less than a credit card. I'm not even kidding when I say it was two millimeters too small. Like I measured it with a with a mm-hmm. uh uh micrometer. It, a micro, micro no, no, no no no. What's the term? Oh
1: dang it. A uh, tape measure. <laughs> <that rule. laughs> a what? Pencil. A pencil. No. no, no. no. I Anyways, can't
0: I can't remember the name of the micrometer is what I was order. thinking of. But no.
1: Micrometer? No.
0: I don't know. Anyways, yeah. uh, Caliper ah, measured okay. it with a caliper. Got it. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh, so here's the the Corsair RMX White Series power supply, 750 watt. It's currently like 136. We'll call it if you round up the change on it. And it's worth saying this thing's fully modular.
1: Yeah, it's important on a power fully, supply. In fully my modular. opinion. Yes. In my
0: opinion. Yes. Uh, and then 80 plus gold. Yep. Yeah. So. East Bueno. Yeah. All right. So that's some of the boring stuff out of the way. Let's see. Where do we go next? How about if we do, do we want to skip ahead to the motherboard? You, you, what if we do the motherboard? Your next? heart's desire. Yeah, man. Actually, no, I want to stay. I want to stay on brand. Do I want to stay on brand?
1: Oh, you're, you're trying to go all Corsair to start.
0: Oh, did you notice? Okay. Well, since you kinda like you know gave that away, then (laughs) gave it away, stay on Brad. Sorry, sorry, (laughs) listeners. All right. So uh here is my choice for memory that I went with. Now, if you learned anything about me uh from every past year of the shopping spree, then you should know that I kinda like I had like you know, I like some bling to my stuff, right? Like, you know, I want to put some stickers on stuff. I already told you that my Corsair case had, uh, came with RGB lights, which by the way, I forgot to mention that that case also has other lights on it for the actual Corsair logos on the front and on the inside of it. There's a Corsair logo that lights up. So here's my Corsair vengeance, RGB pro 64 gigs of Ram. And it's also white. So if you haven't caught on I'm I'm building like a what I called in my mind it was the stormtrooper build. That's what that's what I refer to this. So this is my stormtrooper build. So yeah, uh, 64 gig RGB it's just so pretty. Such a fan. And that was right now about, you know, we'll call it 335. Mm-hmm. So you know, not not awful, not horrible. Uh, Let's see. We did the memory, and we did that, and we did that. So then here comes another fun one. This will round out the Corsair topic. And let me paste this in here, if I can find the right place. Paste. And this is the Corsair H100i RGB Platinum. How oh, much of other letters? Liquid CPU cooler. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't make it easy to, to no, call out don't. the name. They don't. They really don't. So I included the link, by the way, this is the link to the one that I actually, like at the time, that was the link. But there's a, there's another link. If you look, you'll notice that they'll say like, there's a newer model of this item. And, um, that one is 156. But, uh, basically I wanted to water cool. My build, right? Because like as quiet as some of those um what's that one Noctua Noctua that you have? I mean It's ugly. But it's just <laughs> like they're so big and just ginormous and in your way, and then it's like difficult to get the RAM. And I knew I wanted to have things lighten up. So I was like, man, I don't want to have like some gigantic CPU fan cooler that's just like in the way. Like I want to be able to see things, right? So Water cooling, whether it was more efficient or not, because there, that's, there's some debate about that, right? <clears throat> I was like, well, I, I, I want to water cool it. So, uh, got the, the Corsair H100i. And again, this is, uh, white. So keeping with the, the Stormtrooper build theme and, uh, you know, you know, it's the RGB platinum. So it has RGB fans that it comes with and, uh the actual piece that sits on the CPU has its own lights as well. So, um, and you know, like we, like Alan gave it away with everything <laughs> Sorry about that. being Corsair. Like part of the reason why I, I did that was, I was like, well, I mean, it wasn't like I was like everything. Absolutely. A 100% has to be Corsair, but there was like, well, there is an av- advantage to like, if it is all in the same family, then all the light synchronization can work together. Right. So I was like, well, there is some kind of benefit to that now that said, uh, you know, there is like cross brand, um, compatibility, you know? So, uh, you know, where like the, the take, for example, the Corsair IQ software that's used to set your, your color themes and whatnot. Uh, it, it can control things that aren't necessarily Corsair, for example, you know, that, but, um,
1: so so one thing I want to call out on this one real quick, because I do have the Noctua, I think the D15 or something like that, which is like one of the top rated fan coolers on the market, ugly is all get out, right? Like it is straight up ugly. But the main reason I bought that was for how quiet it was, but I've heard yours run mm-hmm. and it's silent. Yep. So I, if I could have known that, because it's not like you can demo these things before you buy them. I probably would have gone with this over it. So, just you know, for anybody that's like sort of on the fence of, do I want to spend a hundred and twenty bucks on a water cooler like this one, or do I want to spend ninety bucks on the fan cooler? I probably would have spent the extra thirty bucks, having now heard and seen yours in operation, because it really is prettier and and I mean, it's just a cleaner install.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I wanted that clean look. I mean. Um Joe, I don't know if you've seen it. I, I know Alan has seen it in person, and like this build, uh when you look at the inside of it, there's you know everything, there's fans going across the side, the top, and the back. And they're all and all the fans are lit up. So the entire inside is lit up, and then you have the memory lighting up, and there's other stuff that I'm gonna to get to that's lighting up too. So everything is lit up so so you can just see everything in there. And I wanted like an ultra clean kind of install, so no wires. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, so as a
1: promise for this episode, he will be posting pictures, and I <laughs> oh. even think you should do like a little video. I mean, you got you got an iPhone with a nice camera. Do like okay. a little do cool. a little drive by video of it, right? Yeah. Put it up on YouTube. I mean, we have a YouTube channel. You okay. can find that at codingblocks.net/slash/YouTube. Um, if you do that, the, I'll I'll do a tweet of mine. I love. Hey, no, no. We need little videos. We need little videos of these.
0: I, things. I like where we're going with this. This is gonna be a competition because yeah. I got one too
1: with a big, ugly knock to a cooler in it. But otherwise, it's kind of pretty.
0: So, ever well, seen the the show that had Beverly yeah.
2: Hillbillies? <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> you got wires. <laughs> in- <laughs> the uh, so my case was uh, also two uh, picometers short. Uh, but instead of getting a new case, uh, I just took out one of the grills and the cooler is
0: like slightly sticking out. Well, okay. So thank thank you for reminding me because this was part of the reason why I couldn't do that, Joe.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Was because it was the, the the CPU cooler was why the it wouldn't work out for the fractal case. Yeah, because I was able to just remove a too- grill
2: to have it poke out just a little bit.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, it it was too short to be able to put the radiator above the motherboard and to be able to put it in front of the motherboard their documentation was a little um like misleading like you know now having have built it I'm like oh okay I would read that differently and be like oh yeah I get where they're coming from but at the time I'm like I think they're saying it'll work <laughs> But it turned out no. And so, like, literally it was it, – the radiator uh, pushed out too much to where there's something else that I haven't gotten to that literally wouldn't fit by two millimeters. <clears throat> and when he says radiator, yes, he's referring to that thing that's at the front of your car.
1: <laughs> the air blows across. It's truly that. Yeah. So.
0: um, But, you know, I mean, with this new ca- – with this other case that I got, though, I will have endless, you know, room for – uh everything in there. I mean cuz like literally like you could put in your own homebrew uh water cooling setup and you know where you can get like really colorful with the water uh you know with the fluid and whatnot. But because by the way, because I did go with the uh that 570X the Corsair Crystal and it's glass even on the backside where you would typically like hide all your wires and just like sh- you know shove them in and then like you know sit on it like it was luggage until you can close it and then like, you know, screw it in. Right. But I couldn't do that because, you know, this is glass. So you're going to be able to see it. So even on that side of the install, I had to like try to be as clean as I could possibly be with the wiring. Yep. Um, so yeah. All right. So that, that rounds out the Corsair portion of the show. Corsair, if you're listening and you would like to uh, sponsor an episode, you can reach us at <laughs> right. info at codingblocks.net. There we go. All right. Um, let's see, what else have we got here? Okay, so now let's get into uh some fun bits. So for the motherboard that I went with, <clears throat> I picked this beauty here, which is the Gigabyte Z390 Auroras Ultra. And uh, you know, this is their RGB fusion gaming motherboard. So when I mentioned there were gonna be other things that had uh lights that the iq the corsair iq software could control this was one of them now <clears throat> you know i wasn't it wasn't like i had to have the, really the only thing that i really wanted lights on were the fans and everything else they had fa- well maybe the memory but you know and then you know the fact that the motherboard was going to have it was just a bonus right the the real criteria that i had for this though was i wanted multiple nvme slots on the motherboard because i wanted i wanted that future expansion capability and th- and this one has 3 so um that what- that was you know my my one of my main criteria in like looking for a motherboard is I wanted something that would like kind of grow with me if that makes sense um so this thing has plenty of capability this will last me for a while imagine i'll I probably won't need to rebuild a computer until like you know March <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so all right, so then. Uh oh! And did we say the price? Yeah, we said the price for the CPU cooler. So the price for this motherboard is currently like uh two forty three. Actually, I don't think you did say the price on the other one. Yeah, on the 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 Corsair H one hundred. I don't think it's one fifty six is the current price. Yeah. Now some of these prices have changed. By the way, like like I paid less for it, um, a little bit less. But like the memory is cheaper now than when I paid for it. Um, the motherboard is actually more expensive now than when I paid for when I bought it so that's weird all right so sitting on top of that bad boy uh, as the heart and soul of this thing is this guy here which is the Intel core i9 9900 k 8 core processor uh, up to uh, 5 gigahertz and that bad boy is currently uh, four seventy two. So I forget what they call that weird case that it comes in. Yeah, that's Hex, such uh, a waste of money. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, man, I I can't stand that that stupid box that it comes in. I find it my way, be. but uh I
1: yeah, I just hated seeing it <laughs> in my house. <laughs> I I mean. The- like, hey, shave thirty bucks off the price, <laughs> and, and package it in just a box, please. It's like the, it's like an alien egg. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. What's the stupid name for that thing. I don't know. Does it's, it have a name? Yeah, it's got it does. A six. Is it got sixteen sides? Is that what it is? One, two, don't three. Add your Is your yeah, twelve. I have no idea. But but yeah, it, it's it's obnoxious. It's kind of cool for a minute, and then you're like, wait, how do I store this thing? Oh, you can't because you can't put it on top of anything or under anything because right. it just takes up a ridiculous amount of space. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't remember the name
0: of it. <clears throat> I don't want to say it was like Hexa something, but at any rate, yeah, it, it's Hexa stupid. How's that? <laughs> but uh. It, uh, it 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 <laughs> it does run really fast and really nice, and I'm uh, really happy with it. And, uh, and it's, it's unlocked. So if you wanted to overclock it, you are free to do so. All right. And, uh, where to go next, where to go next? Uh, so, okay. How about this one? The most exciting part of the build would obviously be, oops, the thermal paste that I chose to mount that (laughs) I (laughs) nine Arctic silver. Oh come on, man, that's lame. You didn't go liquid metal? No, I didn't. I, 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 you know what? I put that as stupid as it is to to bring up that paste. I was like, you know what? I bet Alan's going to you know give me grief about not going liquid metal. But no, I didn't. So lame. Yeah, so I did that. That was for your benefit. (laughs) You can't call yourself a builder anymore. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And, uh, okay. So then for storage on this bad boy, now I did have to like wait for this guy to actually be released <clears throat> as part of this build. I went with the Samsung 970 Evo plus, okay. uh, MVME M.2 SSD, two terabyte. And it is awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. I, uh, it's This is, this was, this is currently about $450, but like I said, I had to wait for it to even be released because around the time that I was uh, thinking about building uh, a new build, I was like, well, you know, let's see what's going on. And the 970 was going to have like even better performance than what was already out. Then yeah, the Evo plus was going to have better performance. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold out. I'm gonna wait because I'm like, you know, what's, what's the, why not, right? If it's, you know, a few more weeks, what's a few more weeks in the grand scheme of things, right? You know, versus being impatient and going ahead and building it and then being like, oh man, I could have just had that one if I'd waited. So I think we've covered almost everything. Let me just double check my list real quick here, and you're gonna say, but outlaw. So we did that one. We did that one. We did it. Did it. Did it and about to do it. Did it, did it, did it. All right. So then, so then here's the bad boy. Okay. So, so we gave ourselves a budget, right? And by the time tax was included, uh, this bad boy here like definitely took me over at the top. Absolutely. (laughs) So you had to come out of pocket on this one. Absolutely. Had to come out of the top. Uh, In fact, it basically worked out to be that uh the c p u was the amount of over budget that I went <laughs> all because of this very next item. This very next item was also not just itself expensive but it's the whole reason why the fractal case wouldn't work for me <laughs> It's such a shame for good reason and that is hey wait did wh- you say the price of
1: this nine seventy Evo plus or did I miss it
0: I thought I did it's uh four fifty. Yeah, at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, so four fifty.
0: All right. So, so this bad boy is the Gigabyte Aurora's GeForce RTX 2080 Ti. Ti people, not the 2080. Yeah. Ti. Now this card has gone up a little since I bought it, so it's currently at (laughs) thirteen hundred dollars. But it is now. Now this was another one, much like the motherboard, where it's like, oh, hey, as a bonus, it has lights on it too. (laughs) Right. So just about everything in this build has lights on it that light up. And, you know, with the Corsair IQ software, you can control everything in it. And, uh, you know, I was really torn because I was like, well, do I get the TI or do I not? And I forget what the difference is. I'm pretty sure like the difference was about the cost of the CPU, if I remember right. And, and at the time I was like, well, you know, hmm, I mean, I could I could wait and not buy it or I could just go ahead and buy it because like what's the chances like, you know, with all the bitcoin crap that's happened in the last several years with, you know, the what they've Mine, done to to the cost of video cards and everything. I'm like, right. it's not like it's ever going to get any cheaper probably. And in fact, it hasn't. It's gotten more expensive since right. I bought it. Um so I was like, you know what? Forget. You live once, right? Like I'm just going to go ahead and get it and you know, if I end up regretting it later, fine, whatever. But um you know, and and I looked around at all the different um 2080 Ti's because another one that I sh- had strongly considered was the Founders Edition uh Nvidia, Did which was at the time uh, you know, a little bit cheaper, um uh, but so one of the one of the reasons why I chose this one was that without having to do any Cause I mean, obviously, let's face it, like they're already overclocking it for you. I mean, that's the advantage. That's, that's the reason why you're buying something that's not directly from Nvidia, right? Um, as well as like other little things, you know, like the fans or whatever, you know, that they might add to it. But, um, this one had, uh, the fastest. It was the second fastest one on the market. And the next fat, the, the next one that was faster was made by Zotac and it was double. The price, right? It was it was like 2600 $2, dollars, um, and I was just I don't know why, but I was like, well, okay, fine, whatever. Oh, and this one has like a really cool fan idea too, where like uh, the there's three fans on it, and the middle fan turns in an opposite direction of the two, uh, the other two fans. So one's pulling air in and the other's blowing it out. Yeah, I thought, oh, that's neat. Yeah, because there was, by the way, um, a, a water cool option for this. If you wanted to, like, you know, ha- instead of using like um, like if you weren't doing your own custom um, water cooling and you just wanted, to, like, okay, fine, they're going here. You know, they're going to add in the radiator, and here's that it's already pre uh, plumbed you know, mm-hmm. then, you know, they did have that, but, uh, I didn't go that far. I thought, you know, the fans are going to be good enough. But, um, a big reason though, that I did choose the the TIs over the, um, non-TI versions is that, um, <clears throat> for machine learning purposes, memory on the video card is like one of the key factors in how, you know, the performance of like how, how well things are in calculate. So I thought, well, okay, fine. I mean, not only... Can I rock some um, Counter Strike? You know, so, Counter
1: Strike needs the 2080 Ti. Let's be clear. Yeah. I
0: mean, right. come on, man. If you're going to play some PS Go, <laughs> <laughs> you're not playing until you played on a 20. 20- the Ti. frame
1: rate, it, it just stopped counting it because <laughs> it was like I can't. It, it's right. the numbers too high.
0: Yeah, but but I thought you know, okay, then you know. uh, You'll just spend time less time waiting for models to train and everything. So I thought, you know, okay, fine, let's do it. So let's let's live. So yeah. So like before tax, uh, I think I added up like I was, you know, about three hundred dollars over. And then by the time you included all the tax and everything, and like I said, it was <sighs> whatever. Don't judge me. <laughs> So what? Uh, so so all in your
1: build at the time of doing it was what roughly right about thirty four hundred. Sounds. I want to like.
0: say it was like just just below thirty five hundred, if I remember correctly.
1: But that let's be clear, that is a bonkers system that yeah. is
0: going to last you five six years. Just yeah, like I said, I'll easily get by to March. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> it, it was it was monstrous.
0: All right. So was that the end of your shopping list? Yeah, that was the end. Yeah, because I kind of, I kind of, video card kind of. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, what? So
2: why aren't we playing Borderlands 3? Right? Uh, right. Wh- wh- how about we just cap this?
0: Make a three-part. Let's go.
1: All right. We're out. <laughs> Later. <laughs>
0: All right. And that's the episode. And uh, with that, we head to the tip of the week. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by educative.com.
1: Every developer knows that being a developer means constantly learning new frameworks, languages, patterns, and practices. But there's so many resources out there. Where should you go? Meet educative.io. Educative.io is a browser-based learning environment, allowing you to jump in and learn as quickly as possible without needing to set up and configure your own local environment. The courses
2: are full of interactive exercises and playgrounds. They're not only super visual, but more importantly, engaging. And the text-based courses allow you to easily skim the course back and forth like a book.
0: No need to scrub through hours of video to get to the parts you really care about. And all of their courses have free trials and a 30-day return policy, so there's no risk to you. You can try any course uh, or track. And so, like, for example, maybe you want to pick up React. So uh, they just announced reintroducing React v16 and beyond. So, I guess, like, uh, React has now gotten, like, Angular and gotten crazy with the versions. And, uh, you know, I shared this one earlier, um, maybe, like, last week or the week before uh, in our Twitter feed. But, you know, kind of related to some of the recent conversations we had with, like, uh, containers, the practical guide to Kubernetes.
2: Yeah, very nice. And it's funny that you mentioned React because, uh, I had been planning on looking, uh, at the machine learning stuff, but I've kind of switched courses a little bit and now I'm doing a little bit more React. And there's some major gaps in my, in my React like knowledge that I just things I just don't know how to do, like dealing with, uh, like state, but there's a lot of things about React that I know very well. So I'm really looking forward to being able to skip to the parts that I'm kind of missing the knowledge on and following those in. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to using the, using that scroll bar to great effect. Oh, that's nice. That's a
1: that's a great uh great call out. Excellent. So you can start your learning today by going to educative.io slash coding blocks. That's educative.io, educativ dot IO slash
0: coding blocks and get twenty percent off any course. All right. So before we get to Alan's shopping list, what if we did another joke? I think we should. Does that sound like a good break? Um, yes. I like it. All right. So here you go. Uh, I figured this one was fitting because I read something in, recently in the Slack channel where people were talking about uh, coffee. So what do you call it when you are attacked by a coffee cup? Joe?
2: I You know, I got nothing.
0: <laughs> a mugging
1: Oh, god! Uh, thank you, Arlene. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Arlene. It's
0: awesome. Oh, by the
1: way, Outlaw, I don't think you were looking at our Hangouts messages. You should go over there and visit that real quick. Cause oh, Joey yes. That's <laughs> a picture of our
2: builds over there.
1: That's hilarious. This should be in the show notes as well, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to
2: describe it. Like, Outlaw's machine looks like the Tron motorcycle <laughs> from the Neutron. So, like, super cool, super modern, uh, very cool neon lights sleek sexy and, and yours <laughs> <laughs> looks like uh so outlaws is r slash battle stations mine is r slash trashy <laughs> the deal is i so with my case uh we'll, we'll talk about but uh, i used a case that i had i've had for like 15 years so like it's a beast of machine in like this ugly little case that now has a hole in the
1: great <laughs> And you have What's budget left it? over he he absolutely needs to go buy this thing, but why did you say you didn't want to do it? Well, it's just already in the closet <laughs> right right now now
0: you're gonna have to go do some work and hey, look,
2: oh yeah, do. oh yeah, why don't I buy it now? Is, yeah, I don't want to have to swap everything
0: out. It's already working. Yeah. wait, you store your computer in your closet. <laughs> I had a case in my closet just for years. Oh, that's where the case was. Okay. Yep. We'll talk about the clamp it build later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. So let me let me drag mine over here. So what I'm going to try and do, seeing as I broke the rules, I'm going to at least try and go in the order of things that I've already purchased. Um, and then I'll try and hit the things that I've either planned to purchase or already did and bought it on my own dime or whatever. But so the first big one, um, we'd all had this conversation – Earlier in the year about, about, you know, a couple of years ago, we were recommending people would ask us, what should you buy? And we were like, MacBook Pro, right? Like that. Yeah. It, it wasn't even a question. It was, dude, it does everything. You have Mac OS, you got Linux or BSD Linux. Um, you know, you can, you can do a VM and run Windows, like you have everything
0: and you could run a VM and run Linux if you wanted to run full on Linux, right? You could totally do that,
1: but. We've mentioned it over time, like it's fallen out of our favor for a couple of reasons. One, they've gotten ultra ridiculous about not being able to upgrade one, right? Like yeah, you buy one, you buy what you get at that time, and that's all
0: you get. You buy something with 16 gigs of RAM, you're stuck with 16 gigs of RAM. I mean, when we started this podcast, you could still replace the memory, for right. example. And the drive. and Yeah, in in the in the MacBook Pro laptops, which is right? what
1: we'd both done. Like I'd maxed out yeah. my RAM, I had bought a terabyte SSD. Like I had a 2011 MacBook Pro that was perfectly legit as a usable machine all the way up till about this year. And I, the only reason I was even thinking about replacing it is because when we were doing this podcast, it sounded like a jet taking off. Right. Because when the video would run. That old chipset just didn't have the encoding needed to do like video chat stuff,
0: right? Like all the new chipsets, all the new. I mean, I'm 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 recording right now off of mine, which is a 12, and I think for my, I think I have one for the wife that's a 13, a 2013, and yeah, both both of them you could replace parts in them. I mean, in mine, I could even um, swap the DVD drive out with another SSD if I wanted to, right. like you know. There was definitely a level of modularity there that used to exist, which was the reason that why we were such fans of them for a while. So it was not only like a big, a big part of the selling point for me was not just, you know, because I took the modularity, I guess is like for granted there for so, so long. But you know, one of the big selling points for me was the fact, like you said, it was the one piece of hardware that you could legitimately like quote officially Run every operating system on and do anything you wanted to do because, you know, when Apple supported you running uh, Windows on it, for yep. example. Yep. Right. So, so you recovered, right? But just over time, man. Man, they've gotten so expensive and they've gotten super
1: restrictive with the hardware. Like I said, if you buy one, like if you wanted to get one spec'd out, I think I'd price it at one point. To get one with 32 gigs of RAM and a decent i7 or whatever, you're $3,500, right? And that's with a subpar video card, mm-hmm. but good hardware, but just, it's, I mean, 3,500 bucks. And it was like, man. And when I say subpar video card, we're talking something that's the equivalent of a, an MX250 Nvidia, right? It's probably somewhere in that ballpark. It's, it's a dedicated GPU, but it's not super strong. Now, There is something to be said about when they do their AMD graphics cards and those things, they're geared towards Final Cut Pro or whatever. So if you are a video editor, it's awesome because they wrote the software to use the video card. So at any rate, all that aside.
0: Yeah. I mean, (coughs) mean, just to finish this game for a minute, (laughs) the 15-inch, what do you think the 15-inch starts at? 25. Starts at? 22.
1: 22.
0: 23. 22. So I got – what was your $2,200? 2, where did you finally land? Twenty two and Joe said twenty three. That's a twenty one. Twenty four hundred dollars <laughs> is where the is where the fifteen starts at, and they they offered in two base models, and the next base starts at twenty eight. Yeah, man, it's and like I just I can't bring myself to buy m- myself a thirteen. Like I know people, I know there are people that love that size that are you know prefer it. But it's great for portability. Any, for portability, right? But to do any actual development on it, it's just so like there's. I would have to have an external monitor in order to use that thing because that 13 inch monitor it's is just, just
1: too small, unworkable. Especially for what we do, right? When when you're staring at text all day, it's it's not the.
2: I don't think my laps can get 13 inches together. Like I need that extra two inches to be able to pop it up. <laughs> it just if yeah yeah like a man spread on my couch and i need to be able to set that thing up <laughs> hey,
1: i i want to be able to see it for sure so so System all that 76 said,
2: that's what i'm looking at now
1: yeah just saying so here's here's where i ended up landing so at the beginning of the year i, I struggled with this i really did so i was debating do i just do i spend all of it on a MacBook Pro and call it a day, right? Because that's actually what Joe had said last year. You know, hey, uh at the end of it all, probably what I'd do is just go buy a MacBook Pro. So I was thinking about that. But here was what bit me. First, the RTX series of graphics cards were coming out at the time that I was looking at this decision, right? And these things are beasts. Like they, they've got some some serious processing power. And I could get a PC uh laptop. With a monster video card and RAM and everything else for seven to eight hundred dollars less than the weaker graphic card version of the MacBook Pro. So where I landed, and this was after a lot of debate, and I actually have recorded a YouTube video and I haven't published it yet. I will probably do it in the future. <clears throat> but where I landed was this. And I should paste the link so that you guys can see it. This isn't the exact one. This is the updated one, the updated version of what I've got
0: with the newer processor in it. Hey, how come that's not a link, man? I don't gotta, know. Like copy and paste your stuff, cheater. That's weird.
1: I don't know. Here, let me try it again. I would do it one more, one more again. Let's see. No worries. I don't know why it's not pasting that. That's weird. All right. So at any rate, this thing is the Gigabyte Aero 15, and mine was the X9. Now, let me tell you why I landed with this. So the contenders at the time were the MacBook Pro, threw it out the window. Um, <clears throat> this. Well, that's why your Macs are so expensive. You're right. using them wrong. You throw them out. Um, I was looking at the giga, uh, not the Gigabyte. That's what I got. I was looking at the MSI GS65 Stealth, which I really liked that one a lot.
0: Oh, you're going to have to give me links for these.
1: Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get links to you so that they'll be in the show notes. The GS-65 yep. Stealth, that was also one that was seriously in contention. And then there was the Razer 15
0: series. Oh. So here's the MSI. I remember that one because I went and looked at that, that one. Okay, I remember this one now. It was gorgeous beautiful. on paper. Beautiful it like just spec wise everything about it was amazing um it had the bling factor that you know i love it does have the bling had, factor because it had it had a full rgb keyboard on it yep um just the dumbest trackpad design that it was stupid it truly the trackpad was. was literally like you your, your if I remember right it was like your entire left hand would just cover the trackpad. Huge. It was huge. It yeah, but it was all but it was shifted to the shifted. left of the yep. of the left of center yep. on the keyboard. So your left hand sat entirely on the trackpad. So as you're typing I remember um because our our local Best Buy had one. Yep. Yep. And I wanted to see this thing in person cuz when you shared it I was like, "Oh man, I might get that." <laughs> it was it's sweet. It, it is nice. But then I was just doing like a typing exercise, just be like, "Well, let me see what life would be like with this thing." And then as I'm typing along, it, it it would pick up my hand because there was no other place to set my hand except on the trackpad, and so just randomly the the cursor would move around, and suddenly I'm typing somewhere else. Yep. And and
1: so here's here's what I'll break it down. That's not actually what kept me from buying it. So here was sure the, it, it. I didn't love it, but I, I was gonna live. I was gonna live with it. But ultimately, what it boils down to is because I do video and I do audio and I do all those things, I wanted a laptop that had the horsepower of the i7 and I also wanted the graphics card, but I also wanted a 4K display. And there were so few of those available that that's ultimately what drove me to the gigabyte. Now, in the defense, it ended up coming down to that in the Razer 15 Advance, I think is what it was called. Now here is what pushed me from the Razer to the Gigabyte. The Razer had one NVMe slot in it and that was it. The Razer or the uh, Gigabyte that I ended up going with came with 32 gigs of RAM. It had a one terabyte NVMe already in it. It had another slot for an NVMe additional one in there that you could do and it had a 4K screen on it and everything and it still came in. At well under three thousand dollars at the time, I think it was twenty six ninety nine. Well, well, it was well under. So, <laughs> you know, but but All right, we're being loose with our words here. But here, let let me paint the picture though. The razor was over thirty one hundred for yeah. the same one right for for similar specs, it was over 3100. The MacBook Pro at the time was pushing thirty eight hundred dollars for similar specs. They've actually come down in price a little bit. so I was looking at getting a machine that was probably twice as powerful as the as the equivalent Mac for a thousand bucks left at uh, less and still spending 400 less on the gigabyte and I love it. I, I truly do love the machine.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if this was a uh, an Indiana Jones movie, you'd be told that you cho- you chose wisely.
1: Yeah it it ended up being everything I wanted it to be. So I use this thing to do, go do talks. Like I have it running Docker all the time. I'm I'm constantly doing things. It had a Thunderbolt three port, which was also something that I was wanting on it. It has USB C. It has everything I need. The only thing that it did not have that I wish it did was separate ports for the headphone jack and a microphone. It's got a combo jack instead. And I was like, Hey, I'll deal with
0: it. Wait, why was that the thing you didn't like?
1: Because I do a lot of audio and video editing stuff. And so I I would love to have had a separate microphone in and, and the other, instead of having to have a four pole connection for the, for the splits, but it's such a minor issue that it was like, ah, whatever. Hmm. So overall, I love the thing. And And I'll tell you the reason I ended up going with it. We mentioned that Mac used to be everything. Windows. Windows subsystem for Linux, right? Yes. I was going to say You now have the ability to do the same stuff that you could always do on Mac on Windows. So it's like, wait a second. I didn't lose anything. And being that I have sort of become a fanboy and fallen in love with the Docker or the container way, like, I don't need the other stuff. Like, I just don't need it. The only downside to go into the windows world of things from my view for what i do is i bought final cut pro five years ago on the mac Mm -hmm. i have never had to pay for an upgrade right they constantly keep it up to date because they say we are a hardware company we make money on our hardware right i spent 300 bucks on that five years ago and i still have an up-to-date copy of final cut pro on windows not so much right like i do my editing in adobe premiere pro I have to pay for a sub for that, right? Like that's, that's a yearly cost that I can't get back. So, you know, whatever, but, but that's where I landed. I love the machine. I use it all the time. It's been fantastic.
0: Yeah. There was even, um, a recent tweet at us. Um, there was th- where he was talking about using the windows sub- system for Linux as your, uh, your console replacement in Windows. It's so good, man. And then you could just use it for everything.
1: And and here's the thing. WSL 2 came out not too long ago and is even better than the original WSL. Like they're truly making this thing to where you're running Linux inside Windows and it's amazing. And you truly are. You're running Ubuntu or there are other types. You can run CentOS, I think Debian and some other flavors that are in the Microsoft marketplace that's literally installing it and you're running it on your system live. Debian or Debian? I always called Debian? it, I call it Debian. Uh, yeah, nobody calls it Debian. I do. I think you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now we have a poll. Debian. Is it CentOS or is it CentOS? Uh, Sen, CentOS. CentOS. You call it Centos? CentOS? I call it CentOS. Well, I do know how you say Ubuntu. So there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's we Ubuntu. That one. Ubuntu.
0: Right? Isn't it? yes. Yeah, Ubuntu. I feel like even when, Ubuntu. you know, to your point, though, of uh, Windows 10, though, like, I'm abusing Docker. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, like... It's amazing. If I don't... Like, if I can Docker up something without having... Or not Docker up, that would be a... But if I can Docker run something... Yeah. Rather than installing it, then I'm like, oh, guess what I'm going to do? Totally. Docker run. Yeah, dude. I can't tell you how long expenses have had SQL Server installed on any machine of mine. Yeah.
1: I I just don't do it. So... Uh, I don't blame you. Which, by the way, there's a YouTube video that I just did that shows you why and how. So, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. and And, you know... To the bling factor in me, uh, you know this one does hit that. Oh, it's sick. It, it hits the mark. I mean, it it, it has the uh, um, RGB keyboard, um, and you know the the back of it lights up. So when if you see Alan giving a talk, uh, the the lid lights up and says Gigabyte on it. So like the whole room would be dark, and then and, there's a glow. You know, there's Gigabyte in the, white, the soft glow of Allen up in the front. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, man. Like
1: honestly, I've been super happy with the machine, and and I abuse it, right? And then that brings me to the next thing. So, so it had an extra NVMe slot in it. So what you going to do? I mean, <laughs> you got to <laughs> fill that thing up, right? So you went with the 970 uh, plus. Yeah, right? Evo Plus. It was a little too rich for my blood because I'd already. Blown a lot of my budget on my laptop, Uh uh right? So I'm at 2700 because, you know, I didn't have to pay tax. Um, So I had 300 bucks left. So I had to make something happen with this, right? Dude, I've told people about this in the Slack channel. I know several people that have gone and bought these because I've said, hey, you check this out. The Intel 660P NVMe is amazing you can get one for 200 bucks. Actually, I think I paid 185 for this thing at the time. And it's a 2 terabyte NVMe. Now, here's the thing. Like the the Evo that you got, it's probably like 3500 read and 3200 write, something like that, right? I'll look it up. It's ridiculous. All right. This one is actually really good. It's not quite that fast. The specs on it, I want to say are something like 2,700 write and 3,200 read. I'm trying to find it. It doesn't say where I can find it on this page, which is super fun, but there are some people that have pictures up where they've
0: actually taken it. So this one uh, let's see. So, yeah, you you were um, just a quick Google search. Uh, I'm not looking at any specific article, but it's saying uh, 3,500 megabytes per read. second. Yep. Yeah. Uh, read in 3,300 megabytes, not bits, but megabytes. Megabytes. It's fast per second. Write. Right. Sequential write. And this Intel 660P is not
1: quite that fast, but it's still faster than the standard SSDs that were on the SATA six connections this thing still blows them away. Like I want to say like some of the pictures that people have posted down here on Amazon, on the link that we've got are showing 1600 read and 1600, write, So 1600 megabits. So or megabytes. So it's still fast. Like it's really fast. And we're talking about less than $200 for a two terabyte drive. So that was where I spent another, you know, 200 bucks of my budget and it's amazing, right? Like, I now have three terabytes of
0: SSD storage
1: in my laptop, and that's going to go a long way.
0: Now, have you read anything? Because, like, I mean, in a laptop, you're so compressed for safety I assume it doesn't have room for, like, a, a heat sink on top of it, right? Actually, so they give you –
1: this is – man, I'm telling you, like, Gigabyte did a nice job with this. They actually shipped it with those uh, – I don't even know what you call them, but their they're heat – Absorbers, they're, they're almost like, uh, they feel sort of gummy. You know what What? I'm talking about? If you, if you open up any kind of motherboard on a laptop, you usually see these little pieces of, uh, they almost feel like clay. I know they're not, but it's, they put them on top of like all the, uh, the chipsets or whatever to keep the heat, um, from like, it dissipates the heat on them. At any rate, they actually give you that with the laptop. So if you buy an NVMe, you can put it on top of it and it helps with the heat. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, they gave it. So you can't put a heat sink on top of it, but they did give you that stuff. And, and there's, there's a name for that stuff. And I can't remember what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I was looking at when I was doing my build was cause, <clears throat> you yeah, know, there are uh, various articles out there where they talk about the, the effects that the heat has on it. And, you know, turns out heat sinks are actually a thing for your NVMe. As- uh, SSDs and um, that gigabyte motherboard that I mentioned, one of the things that I liked about it was like I said, it had three slots. Mm-hmm. It comes with three heat sinks Very for nice. it as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I will say about the gigabyte is it's a thin chassis. And so, you know, heat can be a thing and, and there's ways around some of that. The stuff. gigabyte laptop, the laptop, sure. the laptop. Yeah. Totally. All right. So the next thing I've got up here is actually the last thing that I bought with my budget. And I had been eyeballing these things forever. And this is basically a drawing tablet for your computer. So because I do a lot of instructional things and I like to, and, and, even, even in my day job, right? Like if, if I take a screenshot of something, I'm drawing arrows and I'm, and I'm, you know, circling things on it. Like it's super helpful to have that thing available. Well, I was always torn because if you look at the, the Wacoms, those things, like the one that I wanted, I think it's the the Pro-M, it's 350 bucks regular price.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, man, I did so much research. And really what it boiled down to is it looks like you can get a lot of tablets out there that are really good because Windows has great support for them. So you don't necessarily need to go to something like that $350 one. So what I ended up buying. It's, th- so Sorry. On. No, you're good. Go I ahead. was going to say, uh, I was just going to ask for a link. Yeah, I think I put it in there. Did I not?
0: Or I put uh, the wrong one. There, Yeah, it's there. It's the third one on there right now. Oh. Okay. So you, had, okay I, so you only had three things. I thought you had four. No, Okay, three. my bad. So this is the
1: XP-Pen Deco Pro Medium. This thing is awesome and, and I truly mean awesome. So I'll give you a couple reasons why first it's the same size roughly as what that um, Wacom pro medium is. It's got the same drawing area and all that. It also has like a little place on the left that you can use as a mouse. So if you only wanted to roll with this thing ever, you could truly use this because the little button or the big looking button thing on the left, that's a dial is also a capacitive to, or yeah, capacitive touch for using it as a mouse. You can use it to drag. You can, you know, move your mouse cursor around. It's on the like a circular touchpad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is a, a, a small circular touchpad, but it is. Now that's also a dial. So you can do things like zoom and zoom in and out. You can, you know, have it cycle through features or whatever. Really well done. Another thing I like about it is the pen has no batteries. It's all powered by the USB that the thing's plugged into. So you always have it. The thing is amazing. The sensitivity, all of it, it draws super well. It does have tilt functionality. So if you're drawing with something like a pencil in, in an art program, it will actually identify that you're leaning it so that you can do shading and that kind of stuff. So it has all the features you'd want to do as an artist, but for me, I'm using it more for productivity type things, and it's amazing. Like it, it
0: truly is good. Now, wait, I did I? I heard you right. There's no battery at all in that. No battery. That stylus. None. So how does all. it? How, so what kind of voodoo
1: magic have you got going on here? So I think it's a capacitive type. Well, it's not even capacitive. That's the wrong thing because you can put your finger on it; it doesn't do anything. Like if you touch the drawing surface, it it's does magnetic nothing. or something. I don't know. Maybe. So, there's some a, magnets on that bad boy. See what it does. It comes in with some nibs so you can replace the nibs on it. So if you wear it down, but the drawing surface is also really good. You know how like, uh, I know you have a surface, right? You know how, like, if you do the pen on it, it's really smooth. So there's not really any friction that, that makes it feel like a normal writing or drawing experience. This actually has a little bit of texture, so it has a little bit of resistance, so it feels really natural.
0: Or or maybe for those that don't have the surface, like if you have uh, an iPad right. with the Apple Pencil. Yeah, it's super right? smooth, right? It's like, just it's just, it, you know, you're literally drawing on glass, yes. so the pen just slides,
1: Yeah, the pencil slides. And this gives a little bit of resistance to it. So, Feature wise, the thing is awesome. Now I will tell you one thing that that kind of got on my nerves is it's big. Any kind of tablet or any kind of drawing thing. If you're going to be using it regularly, then you kind of want it there where you can use it. But I use a mouse a lot and I found that the little, the little trackpad, while it's useful, I didn't like it being my daily driver, right? It, it was just – it was too much because I've got a big screen. And so, like, trying to get from one side to the other was like five swipes across the thing, right? And I was like, I, I don't
0: want to do that. Well, this. on that little big thing, it'd be like 15 swipes. <laughs> you got to turn up the sensitivity. So, That's why you turn up the sensitivity. <laughs> now you know why my mouse is jacked up. So, check this
1: out. What I ended up doing – and this is so amazing, guys. And this is where you know that you find ways to make things happen. This thing is like a good size for a mouse pad. So what I did is I took my mouse pad thing that I had on my desk and I just put it on top of the drawing area there, and I it's where I use my mouse now. So my mouse pad is on top of this thing, and then I use my mouse, and that's like my mouse pad now. Why don't you just use that as the mouse pad? I, it I had the I, I didn't, surface, I didn't right? want it scratching against the surface, uh, right? Like I, I needed yeah, on the mouse just pad.
2: Skeeve me out! I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't do it. So, but here's the really cool thing. I can actually take that pen and I can draw on top of my mouse pad <laughs> and it works. It works. <laughs> it's got to be magnetic then. Dude, right? I don't know. It's magic is what it is. It's magic. magic. Um, okay. But it, it's truly, I love this thing. I really do love this thing. Um I've debated using it in presentations and I'm scared. I haven't done it yet. (laughs) I I may at some point, but yeah, I mean, truly super happy with this. This one was 130 bucks compared to 350. Absolutely a no-brainer. Like, if you are in the market for a drawing thing and you want it as an input device, save some money. Like, uh, super happy with this thing. Huh? Interesting. All right, so I think I beat that one up. Let's see what what have I got next. All right, cheese dust cheese dust. So, so to be clear, that's what I spent my entire budget on, right? Like those three things. And I could not be happier with it. Like super excited about that. Now on to the extra stuff. Um, so we've talked about in the past, sit down, stand up desk, love them. Uh, Joe has one. You have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has one. Yeah. I have one outlaw wants one. One of the things that stinks about when you go that route, though, is unless you have super long cables and just a rat's nest of cables around, you've got to figure out a way to mount everything or keep everything with your desk, right? So as it moves up and down, you could think if your computer, if your CPU is sitting on the floor, you're going to have to have cables that will stretch out to, to go up with it, right? I undermount my CPUs on my desk. So the way that I built my desk, I actually have 3 spots where you could mount a, a CPU. And so, one of the links I have here is one that I just bought today cuz I have another PC coming, which is sort of ridiculous, but um no. uh man, why is it not pasting the links?
0: Ah, uh, don't worry about it. I'll take it right.
1: Yeah. So, at any rate, that thing right there, man. This thing is only 50 bucks. It's 50 bucks. Has perfect reviews right now, not a lot of them, 17, but I'm about to find out how good it is. Um, but it looks like it will hold a PC of basically any size that you can reasonably get and mount it. And then that way, you don't have the problem of it tugging cables as it goes up and down.
0: As long as it'll reach your monitor, you're good, right? It looks like something you'd see at your grandma's house to, like, help her <laughs> get to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> It, it does look a little bit
1: like a walker. Uh, oh, a walker would probably be a better. Yeah, yeah. But but here's the cool part about it is it looks like it's really sturdy. It'll hold up to 66 pounds. I hope that mine's not that heavy. If you build
0: a 66-pound rig, we have to have a talk. Uh, it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine the only way you could get close to that is if you started with, like, a Mac Pro cheese grater. <laughs> And then you like just load it up with hard drives, weights.
1: (laughs) So, so that one, that's, that's one thing. So I truly just bought that today. Um, now the next thing that I have up is something that came about because I did something crazy. So last year I mentioned that I was considering either getting a 43 inch 4K or I was going to take a 55 inch 4K TV and make it my monitor. Well, it came to be. So the reason it came to be is because I used to have the side-by-sides. We've talked about my 34 inch ultra ride in the, in the past. And I had a 27 inch Thunderbolt that sat next to it. Well, the Thunderbolt power supply died. And so I had a dead weight sitting on my desk and I was like, man, I, I, this is driving me crazy. And, and that's a lot of width, right? Like that 34 inch wide plus that 27 inch Thunderbolt, which is no small piece of equipment was massive. So, I took my 55 inch 4k off the wall and made it my monitor. So I am happy to report that I like it. It, it is, is a little big, but it took me a minute to get used to it, but overall it's really good. But here was a problem with it. So TVs typically only have HDMI inputs. I don't know of too many TVs out there that have DP or display port inputs, right? Display ports usually have higher bandwidth, can do higher refresh rates, all that kind of stuff. You have to. So the MacBook Pro that I do for work and and even my own or whatever, having a refresh rate of less than 60 on any display will drive you nuts because you'll move your mouse and it will like jerk across the screen. Mm -hmm. It will absolutely drive you crazy. And what I found when I was looking on Amazon is the adapters for the display port to HDMIs, a lot of them are misleading. A lot of them only support 30 Hertz. And so I actually had to do some digging and I found one that actually takes a mini display port to a 60 Hertz HDMI works like magic. So that is the next one on here. I want to say it was like 15 bucks. Like it wasn't super 16. Okay. 16 bucks, not super expensive, but worth every single penny.
0: Because it got rid of that herky-jerky mouse movement. So, you know, what I see, what I envision in near, near future is going to be a KVM. So, I've been looking at those. Ugh. I didn't add it to my list. But those are frustrating, right? Yeah, they all, I've
2: yet to use one that worked like half as well as it should. And you think it's the yeah. simplest thing in the world. Like, I just want this to swap to that. And I've yet to get one that, uses, that gets the USB and the monitor switching over well at the same time.
0: And it keeps the
1: signal alive. Yes. Yes. For is, your USBs and all that stuff.
0: Now there's one that that our um you know the people in our the the wonderful people in our uh Slack channel have shared, which is from level one tech. Uh but it ain't cheap. Yeah. It that seems to be about the closest thing that I've found. And it's, you know, you're talking about four or five hundred dollars. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah.
1: Not I mean for like, that. Like 200 is about where I'd be willing to go.
2: Yeah, that's right? that's the number in my head. I was like, that's what I can do
1: for this. Right, and that's that's the same problem. So me and Joe, we've talked about this in the past, man. KVMs are, are irritating, man. Most of them just don't. And I think it's got to do with the newer technologies that require handshakes, like the HDCP for HDMI and all that kind of stuff. Like they just don't work well or not well enough, at least for me.
0: Well there, there's two there's two things in my mind. One is, you know, keeping the signal alive so that the so that when you do switch inputs, the other computer that no longer has the display doesn't think, oh well there you know, computer the monitor just got removed and then it resets all the window layouts because mm-hmm. Windows decides to get stupid. That's one thing where Mac OS is still superior. Yeah, it is. Uh, is is in the window layout management. But um the uh the level one tech also is at sixty hertz.
1: Yeah, which matters. So, like, a if lot. you
0: wanted to be able to like have a gaming rig on one input and you know maybe a work rig on another, like you know you're you're not going to want to cut yourself short, especially right. on like your giant fifty five. Yeah, it's amazing. So here's here's the thing that
1: level one for a single monitor KVM is three forty five and right. currently sold out. For yeah, the, dual the dual monitor, <laughs> yeah, is five sixty five. Yep. I mean, nope. ain't cheap, right? Like that's—I'd almost rather just buy another monitor and stick on my desk.
2: So, yeah. So what you do is you buy a thirty-dollar USB switch, and you just change the monitor by hand.
1: That's what I do. Yep. And actually, with a TV, that's so much better because there's remote control. Oh yeah, so, man. Okay. So and that's that was the thing that I got tired of with the thirty-four inch, the ultra wide, is that little nub that yep. was underneath it. I needed that beep. thing. Yep. Yeah, man. So so overall i i really am enjoying my setup i think honestly a 50 inch 4k at a regular desk would be amazing 55 is a little too big but but uh, you know I'm living just, just a fine. little
0: though I, i'm living with it yeah yeah it's it, it's bearable like he's right. getting by I, i'm making it i like the way he's
1: he's wording this so here was the next problem right so i talked about the sit down stand up desk thing right well I needed this thing to move up and down with the desk. Now I've got a a 55-inch behemoth, which, by the way, ended up not being as wide as my 27-inch plus my 34-inch next to Mm. each other. But now i got four 1080p quadrants in front of me that I can do things with. So the next thing was I needed a stand for this. And, man, this thing is awesome. So I put the link in there. It's for the Hue Vibe Universal TV stand-based tabletop swivel, blah, 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 blah more or less it can handle up to a 65 inch screen tv and here's the deal it looks like it shouldn't be able to hold it
0: (laughs) quite honestly you look at this thing that's always comforting right when you shop for anything i want to i want to find something that doesn't look like it can do the job yet somehow surprisingly does dude not only does it do it it does it amazingly
1: well like that thing is so sturdy and it does swivel so you can move the screen left and right easily. It's got a, a, a tilt swivel on it as well. But I'm going to be honest, a 55 inch screen, a few inches away from your face. The only way you can tilt that thing is down because you're actually looking up at it for the most part. But, but it's truly awesome. This thing, it's 40 bucks, $41 and love it. So it's it's on top of my desk. All the cables, along with the computer,
0: move up and down with it, right? So, I'm just waiting for the next uh, thing that you're gonna add here to your list. Is either gonna be like a neck brace or a chiropractor appointment? <laughs> uh, those those are to be determined. Oh hey, by the way, by the way, yes, we were talking about the the um oh shoot, what was that thing called? The uh that weird mount thing that you had uh, that looked like grandma's. Oh yeah yeah uh, yeah the PC mount. Yeah yeah. So, so I got curious because you said it holds up to 60 something pounds, 66 pounds, 66 yes. pounds. And we were talking about the, the old cheese graters. It's probably 30 so, pounds. So right? I Googled, I was curious because I was like, Hey, you know, like if you go back to like say a 2005 ish Mac Pro cheese grater, like w- just how heavy were those things? Cause they were, they were a beast, it's right? It's got to be 40 pounds. It's, and so what I found from every Mac.com is on average, they were depending on like how you spec it out. Forty four and a half to forty eight point eight pounds. Holy man. That's that's a that's a workout. Yeah. So this thing
1: will hold it. Grandma's walker will hold it. Grandma's <laughs> walker. <laughs> All right. So we're good at marketing. Hey, hey, Grandpa also has walkers. We're not gonna leave them out either. We're um, we're really good at marketing. They should they should uh, reach out to us. Right. We we can fix up their Amazon listing. All right. So the next thing I have up here, what did I, what did I just paste? (laughs) I Um, I don't know what I did. Let's see this one. Oh, okay. So this is, this is interesting. So I gave a talk let me paint the picture here. So I gave a talk at, I think it was Atlanta code camp and I'm up in front of the room. I've got my laptop plugged into the projector system and typically you're standing at the front of the room with the screen behind you, Right. So, so I can see what I'm doing on my laptop, but typically when you're presenting, you have one screen for what you're trying to present. And then you have another screen set up so that you can move stuff around and do things that people aren't watching, right? Mm. Like you want it to be clean. The problem I had was I couldn't see what was on the big screen behind me that everybody else was looking at. And so the entire time I'm basically like... Hey, sorry, guys. And I'm like turned around trying to see what's happening on the screen, making sure I'm typing things right. Like, you know, pasting a command, typing a command, whatever. And so it was super awkward. I I felt like I was almost having to apologize to the people that I was presenting to say, hey, sorry, guys. I mean, it's kind of hard to type with my head turned at 180 degrees, you know, so. Setting the stage there, I said, never again, right? Like I I will not do that again. So it turns out there's a market for some really cool stuff out there. There's portable monitors that you can buy. And I got this thing on Amazon and it it turned out to be amazing. So what this thing is, it's a 15.6 inch display. So it's the same size as my laptop display. So it works perfect sitting next to it. I made sure I got a 1920 by 1080 one because having a higher resolution at that size doesn't make a ton of sense unless you're going to scale it. And I didn't want that. And also I was thinking most places where you present, they're probably 1080p displays, right? In today's, you know, age. So I got this thing. It's awesome. So. One of the other reasons why I love my gigabyte is I mentioned it has a USB-C and it has a Thunderbolt 3 port. So they're both the same type connections, right? Like they, they they look like USB-C connections. One's Thunderbolt 3 capable, the other one also has a display port built into it. This thing is amazing. I can plug one cable up to it from either one of my USB-C connections, and it will power it and also send the display over to it. Hmm. So what I'm able to do now is I can plug that thing up to one of my ports, I can plug up the projector to another one of the ports and windows is actually really smart. You can say, Hey, mirror the displays from two and three, which happen to be this portable display and the projector mirror those, but then make mine my own, right? Like it's a separate screen. Right. And then that way I could do all the stuff I needed to on mine. But when I was working on, on what I wanted the, the, people out there that
0: I'm presenting to, to be able to see, I could see that right next to me as well. Right. So you can have your laptop's monitor as your, your notes for the presentation. Right. And then you can have this other monitor as what you're presenting behind you, but you can be able to see and engage with the audience as you are able to like, make sure you're not making typos. Yep. Right at it. This is another company, by the way, that's in a desperate need of our, uh, <laughs> grand marketing skills here <laughs> because I don't know if you said this, but the product name for this thing is literally Portable Monitor. Portable Monitor. It's yeah. So so, yeah. You know, also reach
1: out to us. So here's a couple of things that I want to say about this <clears throat> that ended up being, like there's a few of these on the market just like anything, right? Like people rebrand these things or whatever. There's a couple of features worth mentioning on here that were really cool. One is there's a hole in the bottom left of the screen where you can put a pencil in that'll help it prop up at basically whatever angle you want. It's really stupid simple. They have a picture of it here. Like it's the third. Yeah. It's like the third picture down. Take a look at it. It's a way to prop the thing up. It's really, they put it in portrait mode. Yeah. Dirt cheap way of doing it. The other thing is, like I said, you can power it with, if you're doing a USB C or a display port, it'll automatically power it. If you don't have that, it also has the ability to power it through a regular USB and it comes with the plug and the cable that you can plug it up to a wall or an outlet and it will power it and then you can pass in an HDMI connection. So for anybody who just wants a bigger screen for your Nintendo Switch, this is also a really good option (laughs) because you can totally plug up whatever device you want to this thing because it's got HDMI And you can have a little portable display you can take with you. Well, I was going to ask, did you try hooking (laughs) your phone up to it? I did. Yes, I did. Um, it works. It did not do the dex mode though. So I think Uh, I I need to, I need to try and get one of those dex ports because it didn't do what I hoped it would. Okay. But I did hook it up to it. Yes. uh, Of course I did. Why would, why would you do that on your phone? I told you about the dex thing. Like if you hook up, um, a Samsung S8 or Uh above phone, it turns into a different OS. Yeah. um, Which is really cool. So. And at any rate, this thing was amazing. Um, I it was it's 170 listed right now, but they have a coupon that you could take money out. I think I paid like 150 for it or something like that. Uh, fantastic! I, I will be taking it with me to every presentation I do. Presentation, presentation, whatever.
0: Uh, how heavy is that? <clears throat> it's going to matter for travel. Players. It is a Especially couple if of you're pounds. Like
1: flying. It's a couple of pounds. Like uh, one point nine nine pounds. There we go. Two pounds. Sweet. I was right on. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's see. What else I got? I only got a few more here. I'll try and blow through them as quick as possible. <laughs> <clears throat> so this one, um, this is just an honorable mention. I had it in there last year. I get this question all the time, so I'm putting it back in this one in hopes that it will answer other people's questions. Outlaw, Joe Zach, myself, we all have this. This is the C930E Logitech webcam. Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy a webcam, get that one. It does all the encoding on the camera and leaves your CPU alone.
0: Yeah, the very important thing here, when you look at this, um, this, am, this link on Amazon, for example, the third bullet point here is the one that is ultra important here where it says UVC-H264 encoding frees up system bandwidth and delivers a smoother video stream by putting video processing in the camera. And that is, should really be like the first bullet point. And believe it or not, it actually matters for people that have laptops. I've seen
1: people with laptops do Zoom meetings, and their and their graphics card or their CPU is getting pegged. Right, right. With this thing, you see nothing. Like it, it's your computer's not sweating.
0: And and maybe even more important than the the video encoding happening on the camera itself is the fact that this is. Microsoft link 2013 and Skype certified. Right. So that, that's important. That, it's I mean, only a couple of years old. That matters. Yes. All right. So <laughs> next one up
1: is, and this is funny. I'm putting this one on here because I actually really love this product. It's a, a card reader, just a, you know, SD card, um, mini SD, all that kind of stuff. But it's a USB three one, and that's so important because it's so much faster than card readers you've probably got laying around. I hate wasting time. I'm impatient. This thing's sixteen bucks. I so love it.
0: Y- so you're assuming that that SSD that uh micro uh you know uh S D card is going to like read at 10 gigahertz or 10 uh, gigabytes I, I have
1: some that are 95 megabyte per second reads mm. and and those i mean yeah whatever i, I know <laughs> that it doesn't matter as much but for whatever reason what i don't get Boy, is, that thing's actually bigger than i thought holy it's not way. that big it's actually it's, it's i mean the picture of it looks gigantic it's, like a no, jazz it's, drive. Not, it's about it's about half the size of my s8 plus it, okay that's big that's, that's big that's yeah it's like a jazz drive <laughs> i mean whatever all right. So <laughs> don't hate on it. It's amazing. Um, let's see what else I got. That was that you have to be way over budget by now. I, I've actually bought most of these things over the year just on my own. Um, so got the portal display, got the card reader. Okay. So this one, this one is where I was smoking crack and I did it. I absolutely did this. So I made fun of your, uh,
0: always a good, uh,
1: right? Right.
0: I made, I was high when I bought it.
1: Your Arctic Silver. I made fun of it. Uh So there's good reason because did you do it because I did do it. So my gigabyte that I spent $2,700 on, I said, you know what? I need better. I need better thermals in this thing. So there is a site and I need to find it. And I will provide the show link or uh, the link for the show where I think it was. It was one of the big places that does a lot of PC builds. I don't know if it was like um, one of the magazines or what, but uh, it, Tom's Hardware something. They took like 60 thermal compounds and compared them all, the performance of every one of them, right? And this one, Thermal Grizzly knot, is liquid metal. And it was basically, it placed top two or three in every one of the results, right? Now, let me preface this by saying I do not endorse or condone you doing this unless you are super comfortable with the fact that you may completely fry your entire system.
0: And this is a one-way operation. This is this is a one-way operation. You don't, once, once you do this and you attach that uh, cooler or heat sink, it's it's attached. No, 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 it, it'll pull apart, but it does it does
1: it does do a chemical, um, melding of the two, but it's not like it's glue, I guess is, is my point. You can pull it apart. As a matter of fact, some people usually take it off and redo it every year. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Okay. I thought it, I thought once you did it, it was done.
1: No, but here is the important part. It is metal. So unlike, so the reason why first off this stuff doesn't come on computers out of the box because they say that it can actually drop the temps in your CPU, in your computer by 20 degrees. It's been proven there are so many people that have done it and posted these results totally legit, right? The reason they don't do it is because you have to be really careful with this stuff because it is metal. If some of this spills off onto your PCB or somewhere onto your motherboard and it touches something else while it's running, it can completely fry whatever computer you put together to be conductive. It's conductive, right? You have electricity flowing through it, but, Here's the important part of it. The reason why it's it's as good as it is is because the way that heat is dissipated from your processor to whatever the heat sink is, is there's got to be the connect. It's got to touch, right? Which is what that Arctic Silver does. It gives it a layer to where it allows your CPU to touch your heat sink and it conducts or or puts that heat through that way. There's a lot of heat that is, that is not transferred across that because any kind of air is not good for heat transfer, right? This chemically combines your processor with your heat sink. And so you have a, a metal, um, you know, touch point in between the two. And so it's much better at, um, moving that heat from one place and getting it into your heatsink. So, um, I didn't get a 20 degree impor- improvement on mine, but I think it's because the chassis is so incredibly thin on my laptop, but it did improve it. Like the fans don't run as much and now all that kind of stuff. Well, How much of a drop did you get? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, like, I, like what was the average so drop? I need to go back and measure it again. I want to say it was closer to 10. Okay. Um, that's is, not, it's uh, that sounds reasonable for a laptop. So
0: here's the thing: like the, I'm looking at, sorry, but I'm looking at one that was like uh one of the reviews. I'm just like flipping through the pictures and the reviews that people left. And you know, one of the guys on a desktop build, he he said his average was 15 degrees Celsius, and that's massive.
1: That's a lot of heat dissipation. Celsius, yeah, that's like Celsius, that's like 100. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. Maybe yeah, a thousand like degrees. Everything is talked about in Celsius. So here's the here's well, the Well we port. can't
0: possibly do the conversion no, to no. you know American. So here's the deal though. It's probably and a couple of Or some nickelbacks. <laughs> <megabytes. laughs> oh God.
1: Um here's here's where you really notice things though. And and I wanna caution anybody that goes after I nines and laptops, thin and light laptops they're thermal throttled, almost all of them. So there's programs out there called Ada 64. And there's other ones that if you run these, you'll see that your computer starts throttling because as soon as it hits some of them, 90 degrees, other ones, when they hit a hundred, it automatically cuts back the CPUs. Cause it's like, Hey, you're going to melt me. We're done. Right. And so what I did notice was I was getting before doing this, I was getting 35 to 40% thermal throttling. Now, my it maxes out at maybe 15%. So it cuts back on the amount of throttling it does and this is running the GPU and the, so I put this on both the CPU and the GPU, right? So, you know, just a heads up, it's really cool. It's not it's not for the faint of heart because you could totally toast your $2700 laptop, which I was willing to do because I'm a performance nut.
0: So, but this is uh, so I'm looking at another one and the guy said he uh got a 20 degree drop on it. But he's also talking about like delitting the CPU. Okay, so uh, And I'm like, man, that's not for the faint of heart. So l- let's just to do this real quick, delitting is for desktops. Right. So, yeah, 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 Sorry. On
1: a on a laptop, there is no lid on it. So on a desktop, which you don't most people don't even know this, when you get a CPU, it looks really pretty, right? Really what it is, there's a lid on the top of the CPU and underneath it, somebody put a compound like Arctic silver that actually touches the top of the CPU itself to that lid. When people talk about delitting, they're pulling that lid off, removing all that compound that was there, and then they put this stuff on here directly. So on a laptop, I didn't have to do that on a laptop. I just put the stuff directly on there.
0: Which when you look, when you look through the reviews in here, I mean, like you'll see a lot of pictures where that's what people did. is they, so the, the big numbers that they're getting is because they delidded it yep. and then reapplied new uh well the, not compound but you know this the thermal metal, paste right yeah,
1: yeah it's a uh, the delidding's a big one because there's a lot of temperature that's built up between that CPU and the lid so yeah really cool stuff it was fun i don't know that i recommend it for everybody cuz not everybody has this level of um insanity that i do but you know it was fun for me. All right. Let's see. I think I only have a couple. I have two more. So the next one, I don't necessarily have uh, uh, a real suggestion on this other than you should get something. Uh, and this is some sort of form of VR. <laughs> so <laughs> get it. I, I don't care. If you got a PlayStation 4, get the PSVR. VR. If you have a beefy computer, get a Vive or an Oculus. If you don't have anything, get the Oculus Quest. I have one link in here for the Quest. Man, Outlaw. Joe, you did it too. So our buddy John, we had on episode 100, I think. And 101. And 101. So he invited us all over. He's like, guys, I got the Vive. You need to come check it out. And I think all of us went over there like, okay, whatever. And then At least one of us walked away with, I'm buying that today. And that was me. I was going to say, it's so awesome. Is it not? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe, didn't you say you usually get sick with, with like any kind of, uh, depth things?
2: Uh, it's uh, I get uh, like a headache and I have a hard time with the stigmatism, so it's just hard to see. But uh, it worked out so I was surprisingly uh, worked out surprisingly well, so I was able to see much better than I expected. But I still just wasn't super comfortable, so uh I think I'll be skipping.
1: Wait, wait, didn't you play it for like multiple hours yeah. though from what I understand? But, but like, in
2: fairness, it- I didn't know
1: that it was hours. <laughs> that's that's what i'm getting at so if you have the opportunity or you have the means or whatever like and you really want people to enjoy something like i bought it because i wanted to see my whole family experience it and my wife when she saw it she's like we're not keeping that and i was like um i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) and she got it and now she loves it right so it's it's truly it's, it's game changing type stuff. Now, so. the one you sent though is like, doesn't need a PC at all. Doesn't need a PC. Like the Oculus Quest doesn't need room tracking. It doesn't need a PC. It doesn't like it's a self contained unit that you can do everything in. Now they have two varieties. They have the 64 gig and the 128. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, it'll play most everything that the regular Oculus S will do.
0: But it's not quite as powerful. But you can connect to like your Steam library to get yeah, to... Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Like no. through, all through it, like it... I believe so. But I thought you had this. I don't, I have the Vive. I have oh, the HTC oh, Vive. oh, 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 oh. So I oh. like
1: the Vive, but it does require some like room setup. And stuff. So yeah. this okay. thing is self-contained. You plug it in and you go, you have fun, right? So... Okay, I yeah. missed that part. I'm sorry. Um, so... I put I put that one in there because that's the one that everybody can do without having a beefy PC or anything. So
0: and and you just sign up with your Facebook profile since that uh, way they I, can know what so you like
1: to play. That's probably why I don't have an Oculus because I yeah. just am not a fan of Facebook. So, but that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I, I think that uh, you had to be way over budget though. Oh, totally. I didn't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah. The laptop pretty much killed most of the budget.
0: It did the laptop was my budget. you're like like double the budget or something uh no, not quite like but I, yeah, four times the budget, maybe did uh, you even like add up everything as you were going along? No, <laughs> oh man, that's totally cheating.
1: Hey, I told you on mine the the three thousand was blown on those three items, so
0: <laughs> yeah, all right all right, well, then with that, let's move on, yes. Let's move on.
2: All right. But well first, got to ask you to leave us a review because it means the world to us. We really appreciate all the ones that we've got, and we really uh, need those reviews. So please, if you have a moment, just take a moment to go to codingbox.net slash review and click one of the links there. We try to make it easy for you. It'll take you somewhere. We can drop us a fantastic review and leave a creative name because you know we love those. Or, you know, if you can't think of a creative name, just uh, hit some random letters and we'll make outlaw say it.
0: <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. Totally. All right. Well, with that, we will head into my favorite portion of the show. Survey says. All right. So, a few episodes back, we asked, what's the first thing you do when picking up a new technology or stack? And your choices were, take a course like on educative.io. Or, Google the pros and cons and share the ones that support your opinion or being the best practices. Pray there are some. And lastly, find the stack overflow answer that you most agree with and supports your theory. All right. So I think Joe went first last time. So Alan, you go first. Which one do you think was the winner?
1: Man, this one's this one's actually tough. What's the first thing you do? I, I think I'm gonna say Google the pros and cons and share the ones that support your opinion and we'll go with 33%. thirty-three percent.
0: Thirty three. Okay. All
2: right. And uh I'm gonna say fifty percent picked up that keyboard and headed on over to StackOverflow.com dot com whenever <laughs> they ran into uh any sign of trouble.
0: <laughs> okay. So you learn by doing. Uh, okay. Okay. So 50% Stack Overflow for Joe and 33% Google the pros and cons for Alan. Is that yep. right? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, it should come as no surprise. You both lost. For wow. the, Okay. Top answer was take a course. Really? Sure yep. Okay. Top interesting. Answer. 30, 38, Well, if I were going to round it, I would that would be rounded to a thirty nine percent. Very nice. What was what was number two? And here's where it gets interesting. Number two was Google. The pros and cons, and you know, if you wanted to round it, it would be rounded up to thirty four percent. Oh wow! So when you said thirty three, I was like, Ooh, "Well done, well done." I was close. Picked the wrong pick yeah. the wrong horse, but I was close. Stack Overflow was the bottom answer. Really? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Color me impressed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool.
0: Surprisingly, Bing beat out Stack Overflow. Wow.
1: Can you believe that? I thought just having the word in there was going to be detrimental yeah. to the to the That's answer. That's
0: what I thought too.
1: <laughs> I guess I was thinking of like a kind of a short thing, but I guess we do
2: say like when you're picking up a new technology or stacks of like if it's something you're going to be investing like serious amounts of hours, in, and it makes sense. I think to got to kind of take a step back and do things the right way.
0: Yep. Yeah. I like it. Word up. All right. So <clears throat> since we're talking about everything you know related to buying or replacing you know, building a new computer or. Uh, replacing your computer with a laptop today's survey is how often do you replace your computer and your choices are every few years. My guild needs me <laughs> or after every Apple announcement or I upgrade it until I can know until I no longer can and can't stand the weight or never. And this 486 is still rocking doom. (laughs) And lastly, every time my company gives me a new computer, when I change jobs. (laughs) Uh, This
1: should be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, that was great.
1: This episode is sponsored by Datadog,
0: a monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform so you can get end to end visibility quickly. Visualize key metrics, set alerts to identify anomalies, and
2: collaborate with your team to troubleshoot and fix issues fast.
0: And when Datadog talks about the ability to like monitor any stack at any scale anywhere, they're not kidding. I mean, you can set up your own agent in a matter of minutes, right? So as soon as you uh, log in and create your account, the very first thing that you're going to be, uh, you know, presented with is the uh, s- instructions on setting up your, uh, your first agent on your machine. And it's like they've simplified it so much for you. Like here, just copy and paste this one liner. Like for example, if you were on, uh, Ubuntu copy and paste this one liner and boom here you go it'll install the agent for you and you know that's just your starting point but then you have like all the integrations that they have and there are a ton of integrations that they have available so really anywhere
2: <laughs> awesome uh, also i really want to show shout out their um their engineering blog it's got some really great articles on just technologies that i really like but actually the the latest article i was reading was about um basically using machine learning for uh, notifications. And they, they described it in terms of uh, notifications uh, user experience, so UX. And so they talk about uh, kind of static thresholds and the problems with them and then what they do with their uh, algorithmic alerting. So in addition to the product just being really cool and having the stuff built in, it's really cool that you can go check out the site. So you go to datadog.hq, sorry, dat- datadog.hq.com slash blog and read about uh, algorithmic alerting and read what they're doing in the product with forecasting, anomaly detection, outlier
0: detection, which is just – It's really cool. Yeah, so try it yourself today by starting a free 14-day trial and also receive a free Datadog t-shirt when you create your first dashboard. Head to
1: www.datadog.com slash codingblocks to see how Datadog can provide real-time visibility into your application. Again, that's datadog.com slash
0: codingblocks to sign up today. All right, so my turn. So, Well, you know what? Real quick, though. I'm going to interrupt you, Joe. Okay. Because let's stay with tradition here and uh, that we've done so far for this episode. So tradition goes way back to the beginning. (laughs) How about we do a joke before we, we do yours. Love it. You ready? Okay. How do you cheer up an unhappy tree? root for it mm-hmm. you console.log
1: oh no con- console console.log the is <laughs> pretty
0: good console the log <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> wow those are those are uh that's pr- high praise right there from joe i got a wow <laughs> yeah that's good uh, all
2: right very nice <laughs> all right well
0: Thank you again,
2: Ernie. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to follow that up, uh, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, we'll have a link to the show notes for the stuff that I got. <laughs>
0: Palette of cheese dust and uh, yep.
2: And uh, my my Bitcoin empire has fallen, so I'm back to working for a living, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, what I did for my build is because uh, I'm not very creative, and I, you know I'm a software guy because I don't. I would never, never in a million years do the liquid metal thing. Because I try not to do anything that I can't control Z. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like undo. I'm, I'm a big fan of the command pattern. I like my undos. Mm. So, yeah, I'm way too scared to do that. I, I might pay somebody to do it. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. But uh, So, what I did is I took Nick Craver from Stack Overflow's build. And you should go follow him on Twitter because he's awesome anyway. And uh, he posts the the build that uh, kind of he created for Stack Overflow's employees and it's a super great, awesome build that uh, <laughs> would be amazing for just about anyone's work computer, I imagine. So uh, I'll take you through those uh, right now. And I did make one small adjustment, which I'll tell you about in a second here. And also kept track of whether the prices went up or down since I got these items. So without further ado, uh, paste. How do you paste? Let me, let me stack over this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> How to paste? How to paste in Google Docs. All right.
0: Close I'm pretty enough. sure that should be like the top answer on Stack Overflow. because <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do a lot of pasting. So uh, I went with the i9, uh, 990K. I already talked about it. And uh, also I don't actually know what those numbers mean or anything. So uh, I'm just going let to let the past stand there. But it did come in a weird box, and I definitely have lots of opinions about that box. It was plastic and awkward, and it like split in a weird spot. So it just like it was just it's a bad box, man.
1: (laughs) So how about you've got you both have a sixteen, uh, thread eight core CPU, and the most that's been talked about is how poor the box design was. Yeah, it's really awful. (laughs) It's a really bad box. (laughs)
0: Like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't stress that enough. Five hundred dollars CPU, so dumb.
1: and everybody's like, "Man, yeah. what
0: is up?"
2: I never would have bought it in a store. I've been like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I'm going AMD.
0: Let Let's be honest. We've all like you. We've all bought a CPU before. We know how big it actually is. Now, figure out a way that you could make the packaging for it like a hundred times larger than the thing that's actually you know being purchased that you care about. And now imagine that you have to like put all of these on a pallet to ship around the world, you know, from your wherever you manufactured it. Right?
1: It truly is dumb. It, it really it's is crazy. Uh, by the way, the K on the processor, you guys know what that is, right? It's for whether or not it's over. You can
0: overclock you, it. Yeah, you can bump the clock speeds on it. Un- yep. Locked or unlocked? Yep. There you so go. If it has the K, it's unlocked. Unlocked. If it doesn't, then uh you can't overclock it. See?
2: Yeah. So, these letters and numbers okay. mean stuff, I guess, on all of these products, but uh, I've never been able to affect code, so. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be careful Ooh. with that stuff, and that's why I choose to uh, use other people's builds. Uh, what the heck? And next up is a video card. So, I did upgrade this. So, this is the one uh, deviation I made from. Th- the build here, where uh, he advocated for a 2070, and I got a 2080 uh, for uh, FPS on video editing, of course. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> right.
2: uh, I figured I wanted to splurge a little bit there, and so that's where I did it. And I still ended up coming under budget, so uh, good choice, I guess. But uh, yeah, the video will, editing, 60 FPS, no problem.
1: Have you have you done anything with the ray tracing on it? You, you play any games with it? Nope. Really? Nope. You know,
2: no, I think, I did well, try Tomb Raider, but it it performed like garbage. Um, the, the like the new one, but I don't think that was the ray tracing. I just think it was just it's just a super intense game. Like you need like whatever the next one up is the Ti for it to that's, to work.
1: That's ridiculous. Wait, what what
0: resolution were you gaming at? Oh, four K. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, because yeah. even even on mine the with ray tracing at four K, it's like. Okay, forget it. That, yeah, uh, four four K is not ready yet.
2: Yeah, you just can't you just can't play it like that. So I, I did that. I, I tried Battlefield One too, but I mean it just looked like a, a war or something. So I just you know I need I I can't I can't do the war games. I need more uh, fantasy or aliens or something. So, um, you know, but Slay but the Spire we, looks fantastic.
0: I I don't think that we you said like what this what brand and model card oh, you got? He didn't. Yeah.
2: Oh, I didn't know there. I thought I, I thought I did. I thought twenty eighty was it, but it's a I got a Evja. GeForce <laughs> RTX 2080 XC.
0: Okay. None of those well, are words,
2: if, by the way. So I don't that, know. Give me a hard time.
0: That hurts my soul, man. <laughs> Let me say that for, for everyone else. For the normal people, how they would pronounce this EVGA is yes. GeForce RTX 2080 XC gaming. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought it was the barcode. I didn't realize that was a bug name. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and, and, so the the we mentioned the CPU earlier came in at around four fifty. So the price on this guy, uh, the price on this guy,
2: uh, it was seven eighty nine. Now it's up over a thousand. So this was the biggest price change. Uh, the CPU actually has dropped about uh, fifty bucks. So uh, you know, kind of cool there. But yeah, up a third on the video card. I kind of thought video cards were going to be getting cheaper now that the uh, you know my Bitcoin empire has crashed. But uh, apparently they are still very expensive.
0: I must have clicked on the wrong. Like I'm seeing 901. I'm seeing 914. Really? Well, I don't know what yeah. happened there. So the three of us are all like getting different charges from Amazon. So I love Amazon. Yeah, thanks. Let me see. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see 901 now. I don't know what happened. Right. Oh, I remember. I remember this card too because this card, the fans on it have the little um, E logo, which, if I remember right, it was to like cut down on the sound. Oh, okay. All right, well, so uh, only up uh, like
2: $110, and that's not too bad. Uh, I did go with uh, 128, no, 64 gigabytes of RAM, DR4 to I heard that uh, the RAM doesn't matter too much, but I did hear that the the RAM speed does matter a lot for AMDs for some reason. Or so I hear. I don't know what that means.
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's minimal difference on... On Intel builds, like there's all kinds of YouTube videos that are dedicated to showing you the difference in memories, the speeds, and usually on high end games, it's less than one frame per second. Like it's, it's tiny.
2: Yeah. So that's cool. why I thought I was, you know, I, I kind of shaved someone in there by not getting more expensive RAM, but I did hear after the fact that, uh, for some reason, something about AMD Third uh, makes that number more important. I understand, but if you leave a uh, link in the show notes, in the comments, uh, I'll surely read it. Very cool. So, so I'm curious about that.
0: So were you going to say like the model and price? Corsair
2: Vengeance LPX uh, DDR4-2666.
0: Yeah, so that was uh, – oh, you didn't say the price yet.
2: Uh, the price uh, – so now it's 273 Then it was 432 So the, mm-hmm. the price has dropped dramatically on the RAM here.
0: Yeah, so this is currently about 60 bucks more – Are less than the memory that I picked. So, yep. But it doesn't have any lights on it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. But it's, but they're both white. They're both white. So they either would work for the Stormtrooper build. Yes. Hmm. Yes.
2: Uh, Next up is a Samsung SSD 970 EVO 2TB. I think that it is two terabytes, which is nice because I get tired of, uh, kind of moving stuff around on, on hard drives. So I wanted a bigger hard drive. I didn't want multiple. I didn't want to have a separate OS drive. I just
0: wanted to have one hard drive. Dang it. That's what I did. And, and so this is the non, this is not the plus version.
1: Right. Okay. Yes. But the speeds are very similar. I think your writes were a little bit faster on the Plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious now versus... So this is 3,500 megabyte per second reads. And the writes are... Should be somewhere. Hmm. Wait, so how the Plus is Oh, cheaper. the writes... Yeah, so the writes are twenty five hundred megabytes per second. So yours is actually quite a bit faster on the writes. That's why is the plus.
2: That's that's a weird naming thing.
0: Yeah, yeah the plus. So they are both thirty five hundred read. read megabytes. Megabytes, but the plus is thirty three hundred megabyte per second read. And this, right. and you said uh, write. Sorry, and you said that the the not plus 3, is five hundred megabytes per second. Okay. Right, gotcha. Yeah.
1: So you're getting a lot faster write speeds. Okay. Right, on the other one. But this is like let's you're splitting hairs at this point, right? Like yeah. nobody's going to notice the difference
0: here. It's fast. Oh uh, yeah, it works. Well, I mean at the time too that he did this build, that plus wasn't even an option. Right. Wasn't it, available. So like this was the this was the baddest, you know, this was the best of the best at the time. Right. Cuz he you built yours like what
1: 6 months before outlaw did his, something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Like January, I think.
2: Yeah, so uh and the price then was five hundred bucks, and now you can get it for four hundred bucks. So uh down twenty percent
0: on that price, which is no. amazing. It probably has something no, no, to do with no. that plus coming out. Wait, for me I, it's more expensive. For me it's four ninety. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Like it's cheaper to buy the plus than it is this one. Uh huh. Man, so I don't know what's going on here. I grabbed these
2: prices and now they're changing. So maybe Amazon knows that our account is looking
1: <laughs> at these cuz I, yeah, s- I
2: I copied and pasted these numbers.
1: That's interesting. I mean, now in fairness, they could be changing who their distributor or who their sellers are and all that, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. seeing 490 also for the 2 terabyte. Yeah.
2: What the heck? All right. Well, I don't know what the heck that's about whatever from joe it's what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely definitely know that uh next up is the motherboard which is a whole bunch of letters uh do i really have to say all these letters yes. gaming edge ac is that enough no okay yeah no. uh msi mpg z390 g-a-m-i-n-g edge ac lga one one five one. uh there we go. and it, it add uh it has copious uh usb ports which i appreciate and uh, also a uh, headphone jack which i i like so sorry i'm the worst at this i just don't uh i don't really that's know amazing
1: the between motherboards yeah. yeah you you truly didn't care about this stuff no
2: <laughs> i mean i just want i just wanted a, a cool computer i care about the results i care about the ux full stack
1: I, it's a nice motherboard that's that's yeah what we can say
2: it looks cool <laughs> it looks like a little city if you get down and look at it <laughs> A little city <laughs> imagine all the electrons driving around going to work uh, alright next up is uh, power supply which is Corsair RMX uh, RM750X so probably 750
0: uh, Xs in there so that's uh, hopefully more than I need ok so this is so there's a lot of similarities I'm, I'm noticing in our builds here so this is the same power supply that I got except mine's white and yours is black
2: ok and my case, uh, fully so I did not buy a case. I used the case from the closet, uh, which I bought God. a couple years ago. Which I mean, it's a nice case actually. It's an Antec something or other. Uh, it's got lots of fans on it. It's got blue neon, so you know it's pretty cool. But so, it's just kind
1: of small. Old. So
0: I feel like I I did the stormtrooper build, and it and so far it looks like uh, Joe did the imperial tie fighter pilot build. Yeah, his are all dark. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, everything's black. I think except for maybe the RAM, which is white, because yeah. maybe they were out of black. Uh, But I can't see that side anyway. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) see, he he didn't build this for pretty sake. He built this to game on, right? This is the clamp it build. Yes, we've already covered that, right? Uh,
2: yeah, you mean uh, run IntelliJ and Docker, right? That, yes, (laughs) (laughs) light theme, heck yeah, man, dark computer, light theme. Uh, next up, so I got a spinning drive just for storage uh, Seagate Barracuda TUTB. I don't remember if that was on uh, Rebuilds, uh, Craver's build or not, but I just wanted some extra space for videos and stuff like that. Raw files, and I'm tired of shuffling stuff around and trying to decide what to delete.
0: Dude,
1: why only two terabytes?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, you have an SSD that's that big.
1: Yeah. Like, how many
0: terabytes do you need? Uh, all of them? Uh Either either way, I'm not seeing uh, that in the Craver build, so I think... uh, Good to know. Let me see how much space I've used on that hard drive. (laughs) I mean, you get about like an
2: 8 terabyte. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of TVs. 10 terabyte. All right. Well, I've used... 14 terabyte. 800 gigs of
1: it.
0: Yeah. So that's like half.
1: Yeah, maybe I should get another one. Yeah, I, I I would have totally gone bigger on that.
0: but yeah. What does a 14 terabyte drive cost? And that was there? the 14. Seagate Seagate Barracuda, right? Yep.
2: And I have lots of room for more hard drives, so you know, I'll just pop another one in and do the thing I said I didn't want to do by having lots of hard drives. <sighs> uh, all right, and uh, last up is a cooler. Uh, I got the Be Quiet, which is strangely lowercase. Uh, but, you know, hey, that's what they got on Amazon. That's the Dark Rock 4. It's the one that the Criver recommended. Unfortunately, it did not fit in my case. It was just a little bit off, but, uh, I wasn't able to remove a little bit of grate there. So, like, a little bit of edge sticks out. Uh, but, uh, it, it was just a cosmetic kind of grate anyway, just preventing some of those tumbleweeds that I mentioned from getting wait, in.
0: Wait, are we talking about on the case? You modified the case? Yeah, the case.
2: I basically took out a fan that was on the side, and then, like, I had to kind of, like, poke a little hole in the grate. Which, oh, yeah, you would have had a fit. You would never have done this.
0: <laughs> I just picture like picture like. Do you remember like a uh, Fast and Furious two, right? And like Brian pulls up to the race in the beginning of the movie. Right, and the exhaust is like hanging out the front, like fly flames are like shooting out the side. Like yep. you know that's that's what I'm figuring thinking of. Like when I you know Joe cranks up his you know turns it on and like flames like. Whoosh.
2: You actually but can't even I, tell with the grate, uh, cause I just basically snapped on it. it was like one little corner, but it, you would look at it and you would say like, isn't there supposed to be a fan there? <laughs> that was very noticeable that there should be a fan there.
1: How about you were like, I, I just poked a hole inside of it. <laughs> yeah. It was like
2: two millimeters off. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> after I removed the fan, it was two
0: millimeters off. That is a that is a very appropriate name for their product though, or for their brand, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, be quiet. And it's lowercase, yeah, which is
1: funny, I guess. I like it. I I will say twenty one point four decibels at maximum fan speed is super quiet. That's what they're. That's what they're saying here. So
2: yeah, there is a chance I might. I might buy a bigger case uh, because the one I've got. I don't know. It's probably ten years old. It, like it still looks, you know, cool, whatever. But uh, it's just kind of small, so it's cramped in there, and uh, the cooler didn't fit very well. So I might just uh, go ahead and buy another case and and uh, bite the bullet and move that stuff over. I don't think it'll take that long. I'm just oh, being lazy. I, mean,
0: what, I think we like forgot some prices to mention on some of these. So did, we? did yeah? Uh, did yeah. you say the motherboard price? Like the motherboard. Was one sixty five? Yep. Uh, we already talked about the the power supply, but the well, I think the black one was a little bit cheaper. I think because that was like one hundred and twenty, and then that uh, two terabyte um, Seagate Barracuda drive. Well, that's not even available now. So <laughs> yeah, but it, <laughs> it was. looks like it looks like well, there's a newer version of it now that's, that's available $19. for the, a cheaper price than I got it for. All right. Yeah, the, the the there's a newer version for fifty bucks. And by the way, I was curious, so I did search uh, if you wanted to get the um, fourteen terabyte Seagate Barracuda. That won't be cheap. Five forty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nah. I mean, uh, the
1: sweet spot on drives, I think, is in the eight terabyte realm. Like that's where you can still get things for a reasonable price and a lot of storage. <clears throat>
2: And, uh, for bonus stuff, um, so I still have a couple hundred dollars to spend. Um, I'm not, probably not going to spend it (laughs) unless I do it on the case, but there are two things I wanted to mention that I kind of have my eye on, but I don't actually know, uh, what to get. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind a drop, a Drobo or something like that. Some sort of NAS box. I hate the price of the Drobos, but I like not having to mess with it. So I don't know. I might just get an old laptop and like, I don't know, some, (laughs) some, uh, what you call it, uh, I don't know, extension drives or something. and uh, oh, try like to a bunch own. of
1: external connections. You can yeah. always try and free NAS it and mm-hmm. get a free NAS machine. Yeah, so I might
2: try to do something like that, but it's tempting sometimes just to go buy the Drobo and spend like $1,000 on hard drives and just plug it in and just never think about it anymore.
0: Right, yeah. Uh, there's the ease factor for sure. Yeah, Outlaw has Drobo's. Yeah, there's definitely the ease factor, which was a big part of the reason why. Yeah. Yep. I went, Plus, plus I, I liked the fact that... Um, with the Drobo's, you don't have to be. Uh, which I mean, it's not like others don't have this, but with Drobo they have um, the Beyond Raid, so you could just put in any mixture of drives and be yeah. like, "Oh, I'll figure out how to raid them all together." It's not like the old days where you had to like match all the drives. So you could get the the Drobo 5C for like three hundred forty four dollars, and if you have some old hard drives laying around, you could just throw those in there, and you know, away you go.
2: I could also just buy like a couple of Raspberry Pis to make the money up. Just like, <laughs> just buy however many it, it takes to uh, fill it up, and then uh, I don't know. I could do talks and like walk around with a cluster of Raspberry Pis, which I always think it's really cool when people do talks and they have Raspberry Pis in them or
0: around them. So I should also mention t- too, though, with that Drobo, that like you know, if performance is the thing, if you're looking for ultimate performance, then that's not your your go to NAS solution. Probably like there's faster. You know, purpose built solutions than that. It's u- it's utility, right? It's it's yeah. just ease of use. Yes, convenience is high. And I don't
2: need like a I don't need a media streaming center, or whatever. So it's just matter having like backups and stuff like locally. It would be nice. As long as it's resistant to cheese dust, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I try to keep the cheese dust in the bathroom. So, <laughs> uh, last thing I want to mention is uh, I've got kind of my eye on. It. It's like I wouldn't I would not mind a bigger. Uh, awesome monitor, just an amazing like, yeah, like I, I like on that, I, every man. once in a while I just Google expensive monitor and just look at them and yeah. I'm like, hmm, that sounds nice.
0: And then it's got more I'm letters. So with you, I'm so with you on the monitor, man. Um, I I want I want a bigger one, 4K and curved. Mm. I'm not convinced. I'm not in Alan's camp though for the 50 inch. Yeah, I'm telling that, you that that just seems a bit on the bonkers side 34 might be fine it seems like
2: there's quite a bit at the thirty five, thirty four 34 size and then there's this weird gulf where like things disappear
1: to like 40 what's the
0: size in front of you right now
1: alan this is a 32
0: 32
1: yeah so so just a heads up the 34 looked absolutely tiny after i put the 55 up there (laughs) you i bet but gee, so here's the thing. Like it, this is the one with 21 inches more looked so, so much bigger. So I have to defend this a little bit. I, here's the thing <laughs> that, that, that absolutely drives me nuts, guys, is how many 4K monitors are on the market that are 32 inches or 28 inches. And it's like, you cannot run those things at 4K resolution and read anything on that screen. They are itty bitty, right? So for it to be usable, a true 4k, if you want hundred percent scaling, you're at 43 inches minimum, right? No scaling, just full resolution. So somewhere between there and what I've got is probably the sweet spot. Like in all honesty, the monitors that are made are 43s, right? If you wanted to go TV size, 40, like 49 is what I see. Like there's a site called rtings.com. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. They have a recommendation tool to where you can actually plug up what usage it is that you want to do. And I, what I did is I just killed everything, said, Hey, show me everything between 45 inches and 51 inches. And the top one on there is a Samsung Q70. And my guess is you can probably pick that thing up at that for probably 800 bucks is my guess. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. As a matter of fact, on Amazon, I want
2: the colors to be just sick. I want the blacks to be black, and I don't want there to be any ghosting.
1: Then, the, all right. So, if you want to do that, first off, there's no, there's not even a game or a uh, monitor that's going to give you that, right? Because typically, there's a trade-off between IPS or a VA panel, right? So the IPS is going to view, give you truer colors at view, at all the viewing angles, but you're not going to get the black blacks. If you want something like that, and you, then something like this Samsung will actually give you those dark blacks with some of the trade-off of the viewing angles. So there's no perfect solution unless you go OLED, but now you're starting to spend some real serious mm. cash on this. So there there is no perfect solution, but, you know, I do think that, honestly, the sweet spot, if you want 4K, is probably somewhere in between 43 and 49 inches on something that's not in your face, right? Like, sitting back on your desk a little bit is probably where it needs to be. But
0: I I want – but see, here's the thing that I want. Like, I want big, you know, in that kind of range, you know, 30 to 40-ish kind of range, curved, Mm. 4K. Yeah. You know, that that to me would be the sweet spot, you know, and – A high, uh, you know, refresh rate. Yeah, I'd say a curved 43 would be amazing. I
1: don't know if there is one. I know there's the ultra-wide Samsung that is ridiculous. The 49? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's like just a long,
0: skinny wraparound thing. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't need that. Yeah, that one's... I want, you know, that that one is ridiculous because, yeah, you like look all the way to your, turn your head all the way to the left, and there's where the left edge of the screen is, and then... Turn all the way to the right, and there's the right hand. You know, I no, that that's a bit that's a bit too extreme. Yeah, that one's ludicrous. But but yeah, so you should you should definitely do some research there,
1: Joe. And but I mean that's the thing that Samsung, that Q70, that is actually a super highly rated TV for all kinds of purposes. And you would get excellent, excellent type stuff out of it. And it'd be 800 bucks, which is less than what you'll pay for most monitors. What was the model number on that one again? Q70. Q70. Yeah.
0: Q70. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's always hard. I think my, um, my want for a, a, awesome monitor is going to, uh, still wait for a while. Cause I, cause I also want it to be good for gaming purposes too. I think that's where, that's where some of the rub is. It's like trying to find something that would be solve the work need. Right. So I want a big screen, a lot of real estate, you know, for work purposes, but then for gaming purposes, like really gaming, you just 1080p is good enough. Right. Once you get beyond 1080p, like it's just, whatever it's you can do it there's really not much of a problem driving it
1: but so the question is though are you looking for something that has uh what is it, it there's free sync for amd what's the uh oh yeah and then uh what's the g-sync g-sync for nvidia like is that something that's a requirement
0: yeah i looked into those too i i yeah i mean i don't know i i've definitely looked at it to see like okay hey you know what about, you know, is it, is there a monitor that fits my need that is G-Sync, right? But so
1: tell me this, Joe, what is, when you say you look for expensive monitors, like what, what's the uh, top dollar you'd be willing to spend on your perfect monitor? Thousand bucks. Thousand? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, you're going to have a hard time finding exactly what you want. Oh, come on. That's, <laughs> Dude, that's somebody, a lot of dollars. It is a lot of dollars. But if you remember, right, our thirty fours were pushing that when we got them. No.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, those were like seven, eight hundred dollars. We bucks. got them. Yeah, no when way. we
1: bought those, they were eight hundred dollars. That's impossible. Yeah. Uh-uh. The
0: monitor I'm looking at right now. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not the thirty two that you're using. No, no, now. no. The, He's talking about the LG Ultra Wide, the thirty four inch Ultra Wides that we bought several years ago. Oh, no, yeah. Know. Pour one out for that guy.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, this 32 is, uh, I like the size. Uh, I hate the color. I hate the, I don't know. I hate that when I move like this, it's like, yeah I don't know, the black. So you need,
1: you, Is this thing not IPS though? Hmm. That's I interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is you don't want the colors to wash out at angles, right? I, I just want it to look like real life. <laughs> Oh, this definitely is. Yeah, the, I see what you're talking about. Like when I come down, your color's correct. When I go up, you're you're super ghosty.
2: Yeah, and if you have it like a dark theme, it's super noticeable.
1: Yeah, so you need an IPS panel, is what you want. Okay. Um, so just in case you do go shopping for it, but anyways,
0: um, alrighty. Yeah, that's so, it for me. So we got a couple resources that we like. Yep, a few. Yep, and uh. You know, we men- there were some notable uh honorable mentions that I'm going to have included in there. So, uh, you know, System76 was brought up. I- I'm going to have a link to some of that, to some of their laptops in there, um, as well as uh, we talked about the Level 1 Techs uh, KVM. So I figure I'll include those as well. There's going to be a heavy link uh, show notes. So with that, we will head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. All right. So, um, so Mike RG, hey, he's never heard his name mentioned. <laughs> right. Uh, he, you know, he shared a, uh, um, a link in the, in our Slack channel with, uh, we've talked about in the past the, for IntelliJ, there was the, uh, idea color themes.org site where you could find like, um, themes for, it didn't have to be, IntelliJ, but it could be, you know, like even WebStorm, for example, you know, could work with, um, which that site unfortunately seems to, uh, no longer be a thing. But, uh, in that type of vein, uh, micro G shared studio styles where it's dot ES. So I love the new, uh, top level domains, like all the creativity that you can get with it. Well, I guess that was not too new, but whatever. Um, so Studio styles where it's uh studio style ES, I guess is how you might say that mm-hmm. where you could find various styles for visual studio. Um, a whole bunch of them now, uh, you know, in, in full disclosure, like I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm already happy with the, the light theme, but since we were talking about themes, I thought, Oh, well, this would be relevant considering, you know, uh, the conversation that we had last episode. So thought I'd share that. And then <clears throat> Uh, one other share we've talked about in the Chrome dev tools, like various cool things that you could do with this. And it never dawned on me, but I, to, to like go and enter this myself. But if you were ever in that network tab and you're like, Hey, I would just want to like filter on certain requests. And like, you see that filter box there where you could like randomly type things in. And in the past, I've always just typed in the name of whatever the API uh that I'm trying to hit so that I could see that one particular API, right? Or maybe there's like uh, a section of APIs that all share like a common route and, and I want to see all of them. So I would I would enter that route in and see all of them. But it dawned on me earlier this week, I was like, you know, I wonder if you can filter out to see like just show me all the errors. Right? Like I want I need to see everything that is in an error state. Like all of the all of the um, you know uh, API calls that are in an error state, turns out you can do that. So it's not the selected answer um, or in, in. So I'm going to have a link to a Stack Overflow answer, and it is not the accepted answer. But I really question like maybe it should be because one, it is a, a more current answer than the one that is um the accepted answer by like four years but you can type in something like status dash code colon or, uh, and then the status code that you want to filter on. And so for example, if you wanted to so you could say something like hey status dash code uh, colon 403 right or maybe you want to look for like server 500 error so you just colon 500 right? But if you were just wanted to say like, oh, just show me all of the errors, then you could say minus status dash code colon two hundred, and you can see all of the API calls that returned some form of an error. That's actually pretty sweet. Yeah, that's
3: really
2: nice.
0: isn't it. It's so helpful. It was so helpful for me to figure out like you know because I'm doing like a big refactoring effort, and it was like, hey, how many things did I just break? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like how many a- API. Uh, calls aren't right anymore. So That's very cool. Well, now I only have one request per page, so
2: (laughs) one big old GraphQL thing, all my... Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you did until I broke it. That's why I had to do this. Yeah. (laughs) So you're welcome. So so now you filtered out the one
1: request that we were going to see. Thanks. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (sighs) All right. So you stole the one from MicroG, so I had to erase that off my list. I didn't notice that one. All right. So Oh, stole. Oh, stole, yes. How I, don't you steal it if you go first? That's what I said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wrote mine first. This one's actually really amazing. So we've mentioned that we're going to be talking about uh, designing data intensive applications here in uh, probably next episode and for the next several, whatever. Uh, so that's an O'Reilly book, right? So something that was pointed out is I had shared a link, I think in Slack, maybe even on Twitter. We're like, Hey, we're going to be looking at this book. It's pretty awesome. You know, you can go check it out. Well, Jim Hummelson, who is also the um, design pattern evangelist over in our Slack channel. This guy has awesome tips all the time and, and really good conversation. The one here that's amazing is if you buy a membership to acm.org, it comes with an O'Reilly membership that gives you access to a ton of books and it's more than just O'Reilly books because it's the original Safari membership. So not only do you get access to a ton of books, but you also get access to a lot of video and, and other things that come along for the ride. So as a regular member, it's 99 bucks a year. That's a lot of awesome books that you get access to for that. Plus a ton of other things. So I have a link there to the membership benefits as well. On top of it, though, if you're a student, I want to say it's $20 a year, I believe is what he told me. So if you want to follow along and, you know, not everybody's going to be able to win a book when we do this kind of stuff. You know, if you want to follow along, this is a fantastic resource to be able to go get a lot of learning material for a pretty low price.
2: Whoa, man. So O'Reilly puts on killer conferences, like probably the best conferences. It looks like. I don't know if it's all, but they have a ton of
1: O'Reilly. There are videos up there on Safari, which I did not know about. Yeah, man. And that's what he was saying, too, is not only do you get access to the books, which, again, if you go to this resources page and you search for Safari, you'll see that this is what it's talking about. But you'll get access to webinars, new new innovation stuff that's coming out. Like There is a ton of information in here. That I mean, that's that's just killer, and for that price, I mean, that's that's amazing. I mean, this this one book, designing data intensive applications, thirty five bucks, right? So that right there is already a third of a yearly price of being ha- able to have access to a a lot of not just O'Reilly, um,
0: you know, tech. It looks like if, unless I'm reading this wrong, like just to get a Safari, uh subscription by itself, like if you were to go directly to O'Reilly, that's $400 a year? Uh Uh-huh. This is a fourth of the price. Right. Yeah.
1: When he shared this the other day, I was like, that is insane. Like, you're, you're getting access to that and a lot more, right? So... I'm starting to sound like an infomercial, but anyways, <laughs> definitely, you know, if you buy today, you'll also get a steak knife for free. <laughs> so call now. Yeah, exactly. Call in the next 15 minutes. So definitely check that out. That's an amazing tip. So seriously, anybody that is interested in learning and, and doing some continuing education, go look at that. And the next 15 calls will also get a set of Ginzu knives. Yes. All right, so the next one is from Pony out in Slack, also Lucas. This thing's called Chrome Discards. This is really interesting. If you take what I've got here and just paste it in a new tab, it's a feature in Chrome where you can see what's running, what's happening, what's getting thrown away, what's being used. Like, it's really cool. And, and what Lucas was actually saying initially was, Hey, if you're interested in seeing kind of what's happening with ad blockers and you really want to be disturbed by it, run this and then go to a site with your ad blocker turned off and then turn it on and see what all is happening. So really, I didn't even know this thing existed. Like this is a feature of Chrome to where you can actually go see what's happening. It's it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, so there's a graph tab too. I don't know if you guys have looked at that. It, I don't even know what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, very cool. Um, neat little tip, check that one out. And then the last one is from Sean Martz. One of, one of our folks over there in Slack also who does awesome things. He provided a link to just kind of a fun thing on GitHub where it's like build your own and then fill in the blank. Right. This is a Git repo that's got tutorials on how to do all kinds of stuff. Build your own 3D renderer, augmented reality, BitTorrent, client, blockchain, cryptocurrency, bot, etc. Tons of things on this page. So if you're kind of bored and you're looking for a project to do that, you know, you can have some fun and do some learning at the same time with JavaScript, C++, whatever. This is a good place to go have some fun while you learn. So with that, that is it for my tips that I borrowed from everybody else.
2: All right. Well, I uh, am now Mister IntelliJ, so uh, I'm going to tell you about an IntelliJ theme, uh, material theme UI, which is actually a bunch of themes in one. But it's actually got a, a couple other really nice uh, options too. So as soon as you install this uh, this plugin and, and restart it. It fires up a wizard where you like start with a basic theme, but then it kind of walks you through some basic customization uh, options. And it's like a seven-step wizard. It's really nice. So uh, it's a nice way to uh, set up your stuff. And then recently I discovered there's the ability to sync your settings to your JetBrains account, which I didn't know about that because I use IntelliJ on three computers. Three computers, you know, just... Based on whatever I'm doing at the time. And so it's nice to be able to kind of make a change, install a plugin on one of them. Like I just installed prettier for JavaScript and, uh, just be able to like click it and have it sync to the, all the others, including any customizations that I've made. So very nice, but I didn't really know
0: about that either. The, yeah. The, I mean, it's really, it's getting nice to where like, cause Visual Studio has a similar thing where like when you sign in with your profile, it's like, Oh, mm. uh, you like the dark theme and right. it'll automatically apply it. Right. Yeah. Great time to be so nice. Now, now
2: I got to tell you about the reason four hundred and seventeen why I like Kotlin. Why I love (laughs) Kotlin.
0: We're up that high. I didn't think we were up that high.
2: Oh, I'm way way higher than that. I'm jumping. Oh, oh, (laughs) just based on how I feel. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So let me tell you about the apply method. So y'all are familiar with C sharp and how you can do object initializers, right? So you create a class or create a list, for example. And then in curly brackets, you can put in the properties of that object or the items in that, like, list or map or whatever, right? And so you can do that. And so it effectively becomes a one-liner because you create your object, you put your brackets out there, and you fill in the information. And what's nice about that is you don't have to put, like, the the name of the variable. So if you do, like, you know, var p equals new person instead of doing p dot first name equals p dot last name equals p dot account name equals whatever, you just, like, leave off the p. You put it in the brackets, and you just set each of those properties afterwards. And it's nice because it keeps it all in one block, so it keeps other people from like moving stuff around. It's just a clear message to developer, like, hey, all this stuff is one thing. This is one notion. We're just creating this person. We're setting these fields on it, and we didn't want to have a constructor with 17 things, some of which are optional. So this is what creates an object. Well, go ahead. Nope. So the apply method is very similar. And the way they describe it is that it calls the specified function block with this value as its receiver and returns the value. And that's kind of a, a weird kind of thing to digest there. But what it really means is that you can do a dot apply on any object and it will go ahead and set that object as the, this inside the block that follows. And this is, is optional. You can, it's just, you can leave it off. So effectively, it makes it so you can turn any object into an initializer. So in like in C sharp, I can only do this on constructors, say P equals new person brackets, first name equals last name equals whatever. In Kotlin, I can do this dot apply and have the same kind of behavior anytime. So anywhere that you've ever had somewhere where you're doing p dot this equals that p dot this equals that p dot this got that. all that stuff can be wrapped in an apply block and you can drop the P it just cleans up the code makes it tidy by having it inside brackets it makes this this one cohesive unit it feels great on the eyeballs
1: ah okay so I see so when I cool. click through it, it it okay it makes sense I see what you're talking about so this would Unlike in C sharp though, where you're talking about object initializers, in those object initializers, you're only able to access public properties. I assume that's the same type thing that's going on here. Yep, same thing. But the difference
2: is with C sharp, it has to be initialized. So I can only do it when I create the class and only the next line. Uh, next right, lines right. after I create the class. So new person. And this is brands, anytime. Anytime. Okay. And I can also do it after a function. So I can say like P equals
1: get person dot apply, slap those uh, properties on. I like it. Okay, so so you can set a number of properties prettily all, really? all in,
0: in line. Yeah, prettily. Yep. On any so object, any nice. time. I like it. But if it's this operator, is it limited to public? Because it's this. Well, no, it's this,
2: but only in this, the sense that um, it's like you're inside that class, but it – Think yeah, of it as like inside an ex- the
0: class. yeah, think But like you're not really extension,
2: extension method. It's just syntax C-sharp. candy. So it kinda like it gives you a a block and it sets the this equal to that object, but you are still on the
1: outside. Yeah, so think about it like an extension method in C sharp where this okay. is the implied object that would got past okay. it. I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah it's exactly
2: like uh which <laughs> reason five hundred and fourteen about Colin that I really like <laughs> is uh so I figured out that you can import just a function from a class, Oh, that's which amazing. seems like a goofy thing to do, but it's perfect for extension methods. So like C Sharp, if you have like say one file that's got a bunch of extension methods for a string. So you can like do, do dot .capitalize or do whatever goofy stuff you want to. You import that whole class. Maybe there's a way to do it. At the function level, I just don't know. Ben Kotlin, now I've gotten the handy of saying like import my extensions class dot .method. And then I can just bring in that one method. And It's just really slicks, and so it, what it does is it it just makes things really nice for a developer. I think it makes it easy to see what's going on, and it's just wonderful to you. And it's just it's just like a it feels really right good yeah. friend.
1: Hey hey hey! While we're pouring on the love for Kotlin, there's one other thing that I have to. Add here because actually I accidentally found this the other day, and this is an IntelliJ thing or or a JetBrains thing with their IntelliJ project products. Is I don't know about you, Joe, but sometimes trying to convert something from Java to Kotlin is like mental meltdown, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's especially with syntax. Yeah, it's like what? Yeah, the syntax is so different because you go from incredibly verbose. It's very terse, Mm -hmm. right? In in IntelliJ, take the Java code that you're trying to convert and just paste it into a Kotlin file, and it'll say, hey, I see that you pasted some Java. Do you want us to convert that to Kotlin for you? Mm -hmm. And, of course, you say, well, yes, yes, I do. Thank you. But – but it is actually that easy in a lot of cases. Instead of you trying to do the mental, you know, work of, okay, how do I how do I map this to this and all that? It will do it for you. It is awesome, awesome, awesome.
0: You know, one thing, too, you were mentioning the use of uh, the C-sharp, C-sharp object initializers and, like, how you could use those at the time of uh, constructing an object, right? But – you know, if, if you have the, it almost begs the question like, you're doing that at the time of the construction. If your object requires those things, then maybe you'd be better, sir, you know, better suited to just have a constructor that took those things well, instead. Well, if that's, it doesn't do it at the time of construction. Object initializers
1: do it after the constructor hits.
0: <clears throat> uh, what, no, but okay. I mean, technically, I understand where you're going with that. But I'm saying you can only use the object initializer when you do a new. So when you're trying to create the object, mm-hmm. right? So yes, to your point, technically, a constructor call does get called first, and then you're setting the properties on it. But what I'm saying is, is that if you find yourself in a situation where you're setting properties in an object initializer that you really need to have then you shouldn't be using them in an object initializer. You should have a constructor that takes those things because if, if that object requires those things in order to be able to function, then you should make it clear by having a constructor that says so Yeah, and not totally. having like a parameterless, for example, totally. uh, a constructor. Yeah. I mean,
1: if it, if it's always required for it, then it should be part of the constructor, but it's not necessarily it's
0: like required. Right. Not necessarily right. required. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, if you find yourself in a situation there
1: yeah, you are you should revisit but like in the case of what you're talking about like a dto is a perfect example right like you only have x number of properties you know initialize dto with it or or like you said a list right a list is a perfect example there's really no constructor that you're hitting but you're adding values to it that's an excellent example of where that initializer is, is a, a good use case
2: yeah like a uh, builder pattern is really nice too so you can say like you know hey get factory dot create builder and that's a function call it returns you a builder now on kotlin you can say create builder dot apply set whatever specific fields which may or may not you know like are not really required you can do whatever order whatever ones you want And in the end you do a dot build and it's effectively one line which you know like uh, i'm going not i'm gonna not type that on one line i'm gonna space it but it's just so nice to have one thought and Reason 611 why I love Kotlin <laughs> is uh, for functions, you can also just do an equal sign if it's a one liner. So you can see like fun, you know, get builder equals and then do your one liner. And it just it cleans up the parentheses, like it cleans up the brackets. Everything's on one line. So it's just like a very terse pipeline of what happened. And it's just, I think it's just super readable.
1: That's the thing. It's readable after you understand it. The first time you look at it, you're like, um, yeah, you paste some job was... in and all of a sudden it like turns into like
2: two oddly, like tabbed over <laughs> expressions. You're like, what the heck just happened?
1: Right, right. It took my 20 lines and put it into one. How is that even possible?
0: Right. Right. Yep. So. All right. Well, uh, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to, uh, this episode on, uh, how to make your wallet lighter <laughs> and, uh, You know, if you haven't already, if, you know, if someone, uh, if a friend pointed you in the direction of this show or uh, you're listening to it from a friend's device, um, be sure to subscribe to us. You can find us in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all of your favorite places to find podcasts. And uh, if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate it. Like Joe mentioned earlier, you can leave us a review. Uh, You can find some helpful links at www.codingblocks.net slash review.
1: Yep, and while you're up there, do take a look at our show notes. In this one, we'll have tons of links and you know hopefully some stuff that will put a smile on your face. And we always have good examples, discussions, and more. And you can send your Kotlin feedback, Kotlin questions,
2: and Kotlin rants to to me because that would be really great, and I'm super jazzed about it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can find me at at Codebox as well as uh, everyone else, and uh, you can head over to Codebox.net and find the social links to other at the top of the page there where we're also be talking about cotton stuff because it's super awesome.
1: <laughs> we're going to have a cotton link, a Kotlin link at the top of the page. Uh,